Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic, and I've got my chum up in up in up north, the mysterious Mary, called Sean Holly. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hi, Vic. I'm all right, thanks, mate. How are you? Not so bad. This is our first podcast of 2021. Is it going to be a better year this year? Do you think? Can't be any worse for the world, can it? Mm, you never the know. You never state know. Of politics and. All that nonsense. Disease and high scores and biscuits. High scores? Yeah. Mm. What what kind of pie score have you got at the moment? Pie scores. I've got two Wigan pies and uh, a John Bull. Oh, well done. So, as we usually start off the podcast of what we've been up to. So, we've had a Christmas period off work and, well, if you've been off work with the the COVIDs or the, uh, the furloughs or whatever... You have a lot of stuff to talk about, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I've been furloughed a lot. Yeah, but, I haven't. I've not oh, been furloughed for one second so far. Oh, it's you do get used to like you do get used to it, but then you kind of go a bit stir crazy, you go a bit mad. Yeah, and with and you then, in your current condition, probably doesn't help, does it? But yeah, the madness increases. Madness, yeah, space the voice is- madness. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's been going on then, mate? Anyway, we've got some addenda and errata from last. What? Show. We never make any mistakes. What are you on about? Or actually, addenda. sorry, addenda. we don't report on any mistakes we make. Addenda and errata. Can we nick podcasts? Yeah. Well, we were in. Oh, we were part of the, the recording of it, so yeah, we can do. Go on. What, 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 what's going on then? Uh, you said that I've never got ten points in a score contest on the last show. Right. Are you sure that wasn't me that didn't get ten points? I'm sure I've never won one. I I have, but not for Actually, a while. Actually, saying that, I used to win the score challenges when I did the podcast in the early days with Alex. So, what I suggest is, you're fired. Oh. Goodbye. Um, I've got, <coughs> got Gumbird, Pandora's Palace, and Jungler in 2016. You beat me on Jungler. You swear I like Jungler. That was and one I've of my got, childhood games, that was. It's great, isn't it? I've been playing stuff like that recently, and i got 12 second places, but I haven't had 12. anything for a bit. Right. Until Mouser. Uh I didn't even I didn't even win my favourite games. Did I win Dig Dug? I must have won Dig Dug at the time because Charlie Fard wasn't playing it then. So only after he started playing it he beat me and trounced me. Might have done. And even Kicker, I only got second on that as well, because someone came and beat me on that. How dare they? Oh, we played that on hard mode as well, didn't we? Yeah, we were playing that on hard mode because you can well, people who can play it properly can just marathon for hours on end, so you can't really do that for a score challenge. Mm. Well, get you, Pete Harm, with all your records. Yeah, well, sort of, kind not, of. Not quite little, as many as him. Little records. So you must have still been playing Mouser because it's the, probably the best game in the world, isn't it? Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Mouser. If not every day, almost every day still, <laughs> honestly. Good on you. I haven't had a chance to play much mouse. Actually. I was going to play it over the holiday, but I was doing lots of other things. So I've been quite busy, keeping myself busy. But I do want to get a few hours of a weekend where I've not got anything to do. So I'm just going to the garage and play mouser with a full-on 28-inch screen on my pony and play the marathon version, you know, the ROMs that Porchy did for us. I want to try and get half a million points. I think it's doable. I've got over 200,000. Mm. Uh, I think with a little bit of concentration, it's doable. I know you could do it easy, but me, it'd be an achievement if I could do it. 
Yeah, I've got some tips here, but I don't think I'll bother because they're just sort of really nerdy tips. I've got God mode tips. Yeah, we, we, did, we, did, we did talk about the maximum bonus just incrementing by 3,000 after every level. Yes. But it, it gets to a peak, it gets to 24,000. Tops out, yeah, yeah, I thought so. And then you don't get any more than that. And other things, right, I've actually got to loop six <laughs> using save state. So I went from loop four to loop six, and on loop six, it, it freezes. Oh. I, I think the, the bouncy balls, loop six, stage one, are invisible because you keep getting died. You keep getting died. Died. You keep getting died. And you get to the top of the screen, and then it freezes Right. The score's still flashing, yeah. and the hate beaks, the green hate beaks, are, are broken up into bits and sort of chug along, chug along the screen. That's and what it they. Freezes. That's what they deserve. Them stupid bats. So that's a kill screen. So I reckon I can get to that in normal play. I, I got to it from level four. Yeah. To level six in on three lives, and I've. Oh really? I've, yeah, I've beat my my world record on Twin Galaxies, which still. Hasn't been recognised. Oh, they're so what? sloppy, aren't they? Come on, Twin Galaxies, come on! My what mate I've needs his record ab- putting up. What I've read about it, it's it's just bizarre how how people vote on it. Anyone can vote on them. Anyone can downvote on them without. Oh. On, yeah, it's you need credibility points. I thought, God, I wish I hadn't bothered. And it's, yeah, yeah. We, we still need. I know Orcade A U R C A D E, which is now owned by the Galloping Ghost. That's a really good thing, but it doesn't really cover the well. It doesn't cover anywhere outside America, as far as I know. Because with Orcade, when I was listening to that when they were doing a podcast ages ago, from what I understand, you need to do it somewhere one of their their venues live, or you got to yeah. record it on their equipment. But if you're living in Blackburn, you can't really just nip out on the bus to Chicago to go and record your record, can you? It's all, I think it's all PCBs, which is good, really. It's, yeah, that it's bit no, is. It's yeah. no main. But the games like Mouser are so rare. The Galloping Ghost yeah. is probably one of the only places in the world that could have it anyway, but I, I don't think they've got it at the moment unless Doc's gone stashed away. But then if it's going to be on the shop floor or not is the, is the thing. But you've got the record legitimately anyway. But I've actually beaten my own record by yeah. 100,000. I've got to stage four, <laughs> loop four on... And I recorded it, so it's a proper thing. And I thought, shall I upload that as well? And, and then he said, "Oh, you need—you've got three credibility points, and you need submit—you you need to watch so many videos before you submit another thing." And I thought, really? "Okay, yeah, you need to watch videos and vote on them to gain points." What you to- need to do is keep that one in your back pocket and do a Mitchell with it. If someone ever breaks your record, someone says, "I got two thousand points," we just go, "Ah, actually, I got a hundred thousand points more." Yeah, Bosh, have that. I reckon. If you kill screen it, it's about five hundred and twenty odd thousand. But there's lots of yeah, there's lots of milking you can do in it, which I can never be bothered. But. I can so it'd be because the the version I've been playing is the one that Porpsy did. Basically, it doesn't it doesn't give you the hate beaks when you get to when you finish the first loop. It just goes back to the first you know the first level again as the same settings, and you, your bonuses go back down. So actually, you probably couldn't get as many points, but you can do the milking tricks, like on level three and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I don't, but if I can get to half a million on that, I'd be really pleased on the on the on the marathon version. That'd be really cool. Something to do. Nice. So what else is there to? Because you found some more bits here, haven't you? Yeah, there's a new game for the Nintendo Red Tent. Yeah. 
for the first time in 30 years someone's done it you're thinking yay brilliant a new game you look at it and guess what it is Vic it's Tetris isn't it it's it's another version of Tetris now don't take anything away from from, uh, NES version of Tetris it is a really good version of Tetris and the one on the Versus system is virtually the same as the NES as far as I remember this is like a new version, got different graphics and stuff. But the only thing, I'm a bit I'm unimpressed with it, apart from the fact that someone has actually made it well done. You've done a really good job of making a game. I could never do that. But it's basically Tetris, and it's this wormy thing comes and eats it from underneath. It's called like Tetris from Beneath or something, isn't it? Something like that? Don't know, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that impressed. But the thing is, is it is a free download. So if you've got a Versus system... And you can you can burn EPROMs, which most people can. You can put it on your, on your machine, have a different game on it. It's quite good for that. I like that bit. Mm. Nice. Yes. Oh, actually, talking about new games, have you heard of that new game for the Mega Drive or the Genesis called Paprium? I've read the story of it. It's, it's a long, protracted story, and, and yeah. it actually is getting quite good reviews, isn't it? It's a kind of uh, Streets of Rage 2 homage type of copy kind of thing. Um, the bits I were reading about it, it's supposed to, it's got extra hardware in the cartridge. So it's, it's been quite extensively made and, and, you know, all this technology going into it. But the bits in the cartridge that give it extra RAM or graphics RAM or whatever it needs to make it look really good and be good doesn't work on certain Mega Drives. So unless you've got a specific that. Mega Drive, it won't work properly. It just won't work with the hardware. So a lot of these, these sort of knockoff Mega Drives and, and the sort of later versions that were released won't work with it at all. And the oh. the author had a bit of a rant about people who didn't like his game. So there's a bit of sour grapes going on there, which is never good. You know, if someone doesn't like your game, who cares? It's their problem. But yeah, it's, it looks pretty good. I don't mind playing it. I'd like I'd have, I'd have, to have a go of it if anyone's got it or anyone gives oh. a review of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like those kind of games. Anyway, I was... I almost bought Street Fighter Age Four the other day on the uh, the Switch. You know the brand new game. Yeah, I didn't think you liked them. The oh, the Street Fighter Age Two was. I played so I much of that right. on the Mega Drive. I played it forever. It's so so good. It's it's the best. You know, I normally say that there's no console games better than arcade games. I think yeah. that is the best fight and go right game. Out of any of them, it's the best one by far. It beats all the Capcom games. It's just brilliant. It's so good. The music on that, especially, everyone knows the music on it. It's outstanding. But the game is really good. It's got a lot of character to it. It's a lot of fun. I have completed it. I think with a couple of couple of credits and all that sort of stuff. It's absolutely brilliant. I go back and play it every now and again now as well. And that was the the, the one. Three wasn't was good, but not quite as good as two. Two was just. Brilliant, definitive, so good. And four is like an update of it, but with a lot of the same elements. So it's supposed to be really. It looks really nice as well. I might just get that. It's still a little bit expensive. I think you can. You can have the sixteen-bit graphics or the or the tarted up sort of cell shaded thingies, and that it's quite nice. Looks good though. Looks good. Looks really good. Oh, I joined a a maker forum because you know I like tinkering with stuff. Yeah, there's a forum called Pseudo Mod. Um, The reason I did this because I was looking at some just searching for stuff to look and make and you know, give me ideas. And there's some beautiful video game machines from someone called Ampersand. And he's from Oxford, actually, so he's one of our lot. And also the work from Jam Hamster. He was the one who made the curved lenses for LCD screens. 
Yeah, so impressive that. Isn't it? They're lovely. He's been making bigger ones as well, so he's gone a bit mad mm. on it. Uh, I'm currently trying very hard not to make a handheld pie build, and you know I'm trying so hard to do it, Sean. What's this? Uh oh, it's a case for making exactly what I just said. I'm not going to make. Uh oh, that's tiny. It's it's not. It's about six inches by five by about an inch thick, something like that. And you, right. And that's and, gonna have a screen in it and uh And a pie, like a pie zero or something. No, no. Meat and potato pie. Ah it's basically nice. gonna be a dish. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put a pie zero and a four inch screen in it with some controls. Yeah. I'd actually had I was thinking of you earlier and I had a thought for it, but I'm not sure if I'm gonna do it yet. But you have to wait and see. But yeah, I'm trying hard not to make that because I've got lots of other projects on the go at the minute as well. As usual, as usual. This maker forum, do they do they take sandwich subscriptions? Because I can make a good sandwich. You can. Your bacon sandwich is not bad. Bacon sandwich, but like like weird ones like peanut butter and cheese. My dog would like that. He likes <laughs> both of those elements to a sandwich. Your dog eats tennis balls, though. He eat anything. Yeah, probably. Yeah, pe- peanut butter and cheese is good, kids, but you've got to get the ratio right. You have a very thin slice of cheese into the peanut butter mix. And it does help if you have cheese spread instead of margarine or butter just to make it. You may have noticed he hasn't got any better over the Christmas period. <laughs> We're very sorry about that. No, that's, that's sensible. Talking Sense. about talking about Sense. getting things done and projects, over the holiday, I had to take an extra week off holiday, off uh, Christmas time because they made us take a week off extra to get yeah. out of our holiday. I think basically because of the, the COVID thing and all that sort of stuff. But some of the things I finished a twin stick analog Vectrex controller. You can tick that off your bingo list, kids. Me talking about Vectrex controllers again. But it was out of a little box, which is sort of the rad pads kind of box in mini boxes. And it's incredibly tight. And so it's got two little sticks in it and four buttons and the two cables at the back of it. So there's a lot in there. And the box is only about four inches by three and a half. It's quite small. But Cine Steve, our Cine Steve, one of our listener friends, uh, he kept jabbing at me to to sell it to him. Uh, so in the end, I just gave in and said, yeah, you can have it. Here you go. And sold it to him. Um, but I'm not making any more of those ones. I'm going to make a slightly bigger version of it, but none of them. They're just so tight. And he's loving it. Because I, it's a twin analog stick, not twin digital. So when you play uh, the game on the Vec Fever called uh, Robot Arena, it's actually a twin stick, but you can have a lot more control with twin analog controls, and it plays yeah. really nice. I've not really played Robot Arena that much. I've tested it a few times with some co- controllers I've made for people, because it's like the one you can you can test out on. But with analog, it's so much more precise. You can sort of just, when you're firing, you, you sort of do an auto-fire, but as you move the stick just slightly, you can just edge things away, because the, the, the robots you're trying to kill in it actually evade your your fire you can sort of get them in a corner and just tweak them and get them with it so it's a lot more control with it it's really nice works well do you know what i think i was watching charlie far play commando on twitch oh yeah last night and i was thinking wouldn't it that be great being twin stick because you've got it you've got to always keep moving forward yeah it would uh, and to, to be able to fire behind yourself and in different angles while you're moving forward all the time it'd make it a great game it would, yeah. And that, um, what's the cowboy one we did that time? Gunsmoke, gun, gun dot gun, smoke. Gun dot smoke. Yeah, that. That was a well. really hard game, and, and that one there had three fire buttons because you could fire left, right, and forward individually, and you could fire forward and left, and forward and right, and also 
left and right at the same time with the button combinations. Yeah. If you could do that with a, with a joystick, that'd be brilliant. What we need, I don't think there is one in the arcade, as far as I know. I've got one game I'm thinking of, which I, I had a PCB of, and I, I gave to Doc Mac. And that, I think, is a scrolling twin-stick shooter. It's a vertical game. No, it's not. It's Nitro Ball by Data East. I can't remember the name of it now, but that was a really good... I think that might scroll a little bit, but a scrolling twin-stick shoot would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Like a Robotron, but moving around. Yeah. Through different terrains and different you know, robots and, and baddies getting at you. That'd be good. Yeah, it would be interesting. So that's one thing I finished. I also finished a new, slightly wider Vectrex analog controller. It looks really, really nice. It's a sloped controller again, but it's slightly wider, so you have people with bigger hands, you can get the buttons a bit, bit further apart. And also, that's going to be one I'm going to make the twin stick out of, because there's more room in it to get in there. Also finished that Pi 3A+, Plus I was talking about the last time we spoke. Uh, it's basically a Pi system contained in a controller box, with a joystick, three buttons, uh, one and two player start buttons. The whole lot is inside the controller. So you can take the controller with you, to someone else's house or a hotel room or whatever in the front room, plug the wires into the TV and one in power, and off you go. Full MAME system on there. Nice, that's good. It's only got Retro Pi on there at the moment, which isn't great for MAME, because I'm waiting for Rich Gregory to have a go with his Pi 3A+, because it it boots differently. It won't boot his, um, his Pi image that he made, the really good attract mode image. For some reason, it won't boot it, and I'm sure he can work out why it's not doing that. But as soon as it's got, he does that, I'm going to put that on there and just have MAME on it, because I don't care for the uh, the console games too much on that one. But yeah, it's a self-contained box. So Ooh. finished all that off. Um, I was playing a bit of the back catalogue of our games as well on one of my main machines. Because I went into the, the garage over the holiday... And I did a few little bits and bobs around the cabs that you needed, you know, bits of tidying up wiring, a bit of something I need fixing on one of the, one of the, the ponies. The I've got one of those uh, servo sticks in there. So when you press a button or move a lever, it swaps it from four-way to eight-way on the joystick automatically. And I think a one servo of the, stick in a pony. A servo stick in a pony. Poor little pony. Poor little My pony. My little pony just want to own me. But you... Go on, sorry. So I fixed that because one of the wires are well. broken off. It won't work properly. So I fixed that. I was just playing some of the games on there. And we've done a lot of really good games. Yeah. It's only been a very tiny handful of naff games, unfortunately. But they've been fun to play as well. Apart yeah. from Super Trio and that rat game. What's it called? Lazarian. Oh, yeah, Lazarian's pretty bad. But that rat game, one with a rat <laughs> in it. What's it called? Volfide. Peter Pat Rat. No, Volfide is a fantastic game, you fool. <laughs> Have some of this. Oh, my nose. Right under my eyelid area is smarting. I, I'll try and find the, the medical term for that. What's that bone up there, Vic? And the Oscar for Best Actor goes to Mr. Sean Harley. What's that bone called? There, like, is it eyebrow bone? It's a skull. Oh, all right. You've got skull <laughs> disremembrance. It is a skull, isn't it? Oh, hey, dear. guess what else I did over the holiday? I've been fixing all sorts of stuff. I AV modded my second Famicom that I had. Because oh. uh, this was to replace the one that didn't work, which I thought I broke. You uh, clever get. Which was destined to go in an aluminium case I made for it years ago. And I found out that the new one I just fixed, I did the AV mod on, which works... 
has got a slightly bigger motherboard and it won't fit in this damn case. So I fixed the first Famicom, uh, which does fit in the fancy case. It had bad SRAM chips. There's two SRAM chips in there. So I had to uh, unsolder them, hook them out, put some new sockets in there, put some new RAM in. Luckily, I had some RAM lying about. And it works. Very common problem, apparently. When you turn it on, you get a grey screen. Uh, oh, when no. it turned on, now works. And what I've got to do, when I make this controller, when I make the whole box for it to fit in, it's like a quite small little square aluminium case. And I'll make some aluminium controllers for it as well. Sexy. Everyone likes yeah. an aluminium controller. You're good with aluminium controllers, aren't you? Mm, Anything yes. aluminium. Yeah, I'm pretty good with aluminium. Oh, another thing I finished. This is not hardware related, software related. I finished that game Never Song on the Switch. It's by the same person who did Pinstripe, which is one of my favourite indie games on the Switch. It's on other formats as well. Um, but this is such a gorgeous, dark game. It's really dark. It's like it's yeah. got quite nightmarish and, and psychological. It's really good. Uh, it had a quite a sad ending to it, but very, very cool game. And it's short enough to play in a few nights, which is perfect for me. It's not got really difficult um, puzzles, but ones you can work out quite easy. It's quite fun to play and a little bit nightmarish. A little bit nightmarish, which is what I like. I like. I also... Over the holiday, I found my PS Vita. I knew I had one, just wasn't sure where it was. Uh, charged it all up, bunged a few games on there, and I do now see where a lot of the Switch indie games come from. They just reissued old Vita and Steam games. So I've been playing Geometry Wars 3, of course, on it, uh, Super Stardust, which is a similar kind of twin stick game, and for the very first time ever, I've played a game called Shovel Knight. Oh, yeah, that's quite famous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. everyone knows Shovel Knight. I've never played it, and I really, really like it. It's a, it's almost like a sort of... It looks like a SNES or Mega Drive game, 16-bit pixel game. Mm. And you're a knight, you're a little tiny knight with a big helmet, and he's got... Instead of a weapon, he uses a big shovel. So you can smack people with your shovel, and you can jump up and land on them with your shovel. And then you, you, you dig up treasure and stuff. It's a really good little game. But I've got to a point in it now where there's a lot of these dark levels. So you'd be sort of in a castle... And there's a window, and it'll, the, the lightning will come on, and you'll be able to see stuff for a few seconds, and then it's all pitch black. And I really hate that. It really bugs me. You've got to jump about in the dark, so you've got to sort of gauge ooh. where things are, and it's it's oh, it's a bit difficult. I'll have another go of it. If I get past it, and there's no more dark levels, I'll continue playing it. Otherwise, it's going in the bin. I don't want to be doing dark levels. Procedurally generated things, and it? it's like a roguelike game. I think. The Is it really? Are, I didn't know I that. Think so. Yeah, is it one that when you die, the the little there's a little gravestone or something, and you can go back next time and see where you died and pick up the weapons. Is uh, that the one? Not quite. You when you when you die somewhere, you go back to a, a checkpoint and you can pick up some of the items you dropped. I think you dropped some treasure and you can pick that up again. But yeah, not, not to do that. that. I don't know, but it, yeah, there's lots of different parts and different versions of it, you know, and different you know sequels and stuff to Shovel Knight. But it's a good little game. Really like it. I thought I'd like it, and I was going to get it on the Switch a while back, and I had it on this, so yeah, played it on there. It's good. I also got an SD to Vita adapter, so I can use standard large SD cards and then the game port. Because uh, if you don't do that, you've got to buy this expensive Sony Media, which this thing takes. I think it's the only thing that takes it. Why, Sony? You're as bad as Apple for making a proprietary media. You don't want that rubbish. Standard stuff, please. Yeah, it's called a. Was it called a UMD or something? No, no, that's PSP. 
that, uh, that was the little right. discs, little sort of disc and a little cartridge you put in the back of a PSP. But this thing's got its own little card, basically. And it's it's oh. thicker than an SD card and about the same size. But you can get a little adapter that goes in the actual cartridge slot in the back of it as well. And they're quite easy to soft mod, just a hint. I completely missed all that. Did you? That, that kind of handheld stuff. I think the last one I had was a Game Boy Advance. They're good as well. Because I don't like small screens. Here I am with an Evercade, still playing it quite a bit. What so. you can do, Sean, is a real hint, a really good hint and tip for you, right? Hold it closer to your face. That was a revelation for me. He's stunned. His mouth's just, he's a gog. There you go, see? Because what well, you were I... doing, right, Sean, what you were doing is you were sitting on the top of your stairs, the game was at the bottom, and you had stilts on and really long hands, and you were trying to play it like that, and it just doesn't work, does it? No. See? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I did get. What'd you get? Just just, just to see if it'd work, I got like a mini, not a micro, I got a mini HDMI to HDMI and tr- tried the Evercade in the TV. Oh, right, just yeah. To, just to see what it looked like at a 42-inch 40, TV. It was great. Oh, still, nice. still plays really great. Like the ones, the 16-bit games still look good, like Xeno Crisis and stuff like that look good on a screen that big. Yeah. Obviously pixelated, but they look good because of the Pixels detail. Pixels are gorgeous. What are you on about? You, you, can't, you can't put any scan lines or anything on because it's just direct output of the Evercade but it's good is to, there any lag have... though when you do that I didn't I didn't find any I couldn't I only played it for like five or six minutes different games I didn't find any difference between that and the and the original screen uh, I tell you one I just, you've just reminded me actually this isn't in the notes because I was off over Christmas time I had like nearly two weeks off I haven't listened to any podcasts over the holiday so I'm catching up on them now and I've just got to one of the Broken Token podcasts. And Whitney and Brent couldn't get together to record. So Brent has done one on his own. And it's really, really good. I really like it. Nothing against Whitney. Whitney's gorgeous. Let's have him back, please. We don't want him away every month. But he did one on his own. It's all about consoles rather than the pinball or the, the video game, the arcade video games this time. They've done a lot about uh consoles because brent has got quite a large collection he's a hoarder that lad got loads of stuff and he was doing stuff about that and it's really really good it's really interesting what he's got and to hear the american side of console collecting as well because obviously they've got some stuff differently to what we did and also he played a recording of a guy speaking about um about video in console games how to get the best video of a console game in today's days today's hardware it was a talk from prg 2019 which i was actually at in portland the portland retro gaming expo it was a talk which i if i'd known was there i would have gone and listened to it and it's an excellent speech about video modes and getting really good video out of a console for not much money on mm. modern TVs and using you know different scanline generators and and converters and all this stuff. And he speaks about lag and all this sort of stuff, and it's really really interesting. And everyone should go and listen to Broken Token. Listen to Brent first because that's the first part of it, and then continue on listening and listen to this talk. It's really really good, and it explains to a lot of people who I moan at constantly about playing retro games on HDMI or flat screens. 
Yeah. The, these are the reasons I don't like doing it. If you listen to that, you might understand me a little bit more. It's not just me moaning. I have got methods of my madness. Talking of podcasts, I've been catching up, you know, dipping in and out of them. And I was listening mm-hmm. to an Arcade Perfect one the other, the other day yesterday. Yeah. And it was the out, out one, you know, but which is they, they cover like every console and computer version of a game. And, and they so have a golden is, turd for the worst one. Yeah. And they the, the guy they've got on. He was, I think he's, I think his name's Chris White. Probably still is. He's probably name. He hasn't changed is. since. Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, go on. But I might have got that wrong. It might be like Dave Brown or something. Chris White sounds right. Anyway, he was the guy that wrote the Cannonball version. Oh, I know him. I know him. About know Chris, yeah. and the stuff he knows, like the the because he's been a developer and stuff. Yes, it's like so interesting, like the inside information he, he gets, like you wouldn't get anywhere else on. On Outrun, he's so fanatical on it, and you know. So I recommend that one. I often I often see Chris at um, the Smarty meets, or we used to when there was meetings going on in the year. And he used to go there, and he, he, and also Chris Parsons meets. He's been to maybe it's those ones I've seen him at, but he brought a board once with I think they had that on there, and I wasn't too interested because Outrun's not really my favourite game, but he's a clever lad, and he had like it was like a a board with add-ons in it and he was doing different things with it and the hardware of outrun isn't the s- simplest to work on anyway there's a lot there's a lot yeah, of boards like, in there, a lot of customs and he knows everything about that hardware so he's the lad to have on there they, they chose wise there they chose really wise he reverse engineered it and then he's got you know to do yeah. with different things and different modes that you can play on the pc version for god hey this is good yeah again oh god we talk about Donkey Kong a lot. That's the one we should check <laughs> yeah. off the list. World record has changed hands once more. John McCurdy's oh got now 1.272 million, just wow. 1,600 points more than Robbie Lakeman. Ooh, that's annoying. I think, I think that score was last September, October he got that. But you can't, there can't be much more. No, they're really pushing, they're really pushing the levels now, aren't they? In this score now, yes, yeah, it's... it's must be put. I know there's still an element of randomness with with the barrels. Yeah, they can't. But, I've read a lot about this ages ago on the Donkey Kong fans forum, and it's a lot of like all the world class players go on there and they speak about. It. And people have gone in the code and they've looked at it, and that you cannot say a definitive. This is the maximum score you can ever get because of the random elements of the points of the barrels. Because when you when you jump over a barrel, there's three different. Uh, sorry, when you jump over a barrel or more than one barrel at a time, you get different scores for it. And when you when you crush with the hammer, you get different points. Is it 300, 500, 800? I think so. And yeah. it's random, you know, the, the points you get for it. So they can't really work out how many you can get in a game because there's a random element where he chucks the barrels differently and you might be jumping them differently. It's, yeah, it's all a bit up in the air. But they did sort of, they sort of assumed 1.2-ish million and it's pushing 1.3 million now. Yeah. So must have have a hell of a game to get that sort of score. Thing that surprised me would be Mouser. I know he's another one to tick off. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is now you can you can save state it. Like I I I, will, I will save state it and then start on level three now because I find the first just for practicing. Moves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just for messing around. So mm-hmm. I start with the two hate beaks. Oh, God, but if you're you mad. if you freeze it and then start start the save state again. The mice appear in different places oh. with the same save state. So what it, what random thing is it doing? Is it going off the internal clock? Is what's it going off? Yeah, because uh, I notice when you play the game, 
sometimes you get a lucky one and all the mice will be down the bottom so you can get them real quick and then get to your ladder. Yeah. Sometimes you'll go up to the top and they'll all generate down the bottom just hanging around and they don't go away. You've yeah. got to go back down and get the damn things, which I, I quite like in the game. I like that part of it. But yeah, it is random again. So randomness in certain games can really help it, really help the gameplay. Yeah, never go back down. You can't go back down when it gets difficult. It's too hard. To, yeah, you've got to get them on the way up, yeah. So get, you get two mice and then get the third one on the way up. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, oh, you'll love this thing. Oh, come this. on, you know I won't. <laughs> I've saved this for you, this this link. Arcade 1UP have just released three legacy cabs, as they're calling them, <laughs> with collections from Atari, Capcom, and Bamco. Do you know who Bamco is? <laughs> really rubbish <laughs> version of Namco? I don't know. Bandai Namco. All the cool kids are calling it Bamco. Not Nanco. No, Bamco. Bamco, Bamco. I might have made that up. I don't think I have. Yeah. Uh, right, so here's, here's a link if you want to have a look. Rick, I will not put the link on the page. I don't want people buying one-ups. Buy right, a proper arcade cab. Make your own one. Don't use them horrible things. You can only pre-order them at the minute. Yay. But the, Atari, the Atari Legacy one, is awesome. it's, got, it's got a spinner and a trackball in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, one that, that's, side, what, that's what you want on a control panel, isn't it? 500 things. One side of the artwork is Tempest. The other side is Missile Command, I oh, think. Oh, I do not like it when they do that. I think. Mm. Come on, think. Spin around. It's, no. one of them, it's one of them scrolly picture Sean, things. Sean, just don't bother. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> bother. Oh, it's giving it a pop-ups now. Can I, do I want to sign up? Arcade one up inside. Do I want to do it? Oh, God, no. Hell All no. Right. Anyway, anyway, there's lots of there. swearing underneath that note, which I won't read out. Uh, but, on the other hand, a very, very fancy small cab has surfaced, and Mr. Ross Ross, friend and listener, has been busy. He has made a fantasy zone Dino King, or Love and Berry, uh, little cab. Now, this is a lovely cab. This is, what, this is what little cab should look like. It's a small Dino King, which is a kiddie's cab, for a start, it's got 14 inch screen in it or 15 inch screen. CRT, obviously, proper arcade controls. It looks like one of the panels I may have made in the past, and it's gorgeous. I'll put a picture on the website for people to look at. It's really, really nice. He's done a really nice job of this. And Fantasy Zone is a great little game, awesome, colorful, very, gorgeous, sort of girly, isn't it? It's very girly, it's not like a macho cab. That I'd have it, it's not got no blood. I'm quite macho, and I'd have, it. I'd have it in my gym while I was pumping <laughs> iron. I'd, have a little spaceship with feet playing that game. It's brilliant. It's so gorgeous. Really nice little cab. Well done, Mr. Ross Ross. You've done a good job there, pal. And here's, here's a good one. Here's oh, a good one. Oh, oh, Lord. Smarty Pie. Smarty Pie. Do you want to, you want to explain this one, Vic? Just I on will, actually, pad, because I don't know what's going on. I only found out about this about half an hour ago before we started uh, recording. Oh. And what it is, is I missed this completely, and I got onto him straight away because I know Martin. And I'm going to read from the UK... VAC website, which it explains what he's done. So Martin, Smarty Martin, has been on this. Smarty Pi uses a combination of Raspberry Pi, microcontroller, and additional circuitry all mounted on a single PCB. Each cabinet type has an expansion adapter which connects to the existing wiring loom. No other cabling or connections are required. Just plug it in and power on. So what it is for is it's a replacement, a drop-in replacement PCB for a range of Sega classic games from the 80s. The idea is to provide a simple replacement PCB that can be connected in the event of original hardware failing. Nobody likes an unusual cab because of a faulty PCB. 
No, they do not. So the first version he's done, it plays, you can use it on Outrun or Turbo Outrun or Power Drift. Uh, the second one is Hang On and Super Hang On. The third one is Afterburner 2 and Thunderblade. And the last two are bespoke ones. So you can have one for Space Harrier or one for Enduro Racer because of the hardware differences. And it's a really nice looking PCB as well. And it's got these extra little bits on it and obviously a, a pie. And basically, say your Outrun PCB broke down in your cabin. You're just about to have a, a meet at your house. All your friends coming around. Yeah. It breaks down. And those things aren't easy or cheap to get fixed. So what you do, you plop this in there, turn it on, and it works again. How cool is that? It's great. And these, very these cool. chips look nice as well. They've got a Smarty in the Sega, in the yeah. Sega logo. I didn't even know he was making it. I think he'd been working on it for about four years. So he's done a really good job there. Hopefully he'll have them produced for people to buy soon. And I hope he sells a million of them. Yeah, if he needs any coding help, I'm your man. Yeah, I'm sure he'll help there, Sean. Do you know why? No. <laughs> Go on. Can you remember that game I, sp- I spoke to you, oh, the listeners, about? I-, I did a game on the Amiga called Battlements. Yes. And it's a, a-, a hunchback ripoff with stupid comments in it. Yeah. And Tronad has found it. Oh, my him. God. It was on two Amiga cover discs, and I never knew back in the day. Wow, really? Yeah. and Because it, it was PD software, public domain, which is now which we would call freeware now, I suppose. Yeah. But, but um, I've been playing my own game, yeah, on the on the Raspberry Pi. Getting an Amiga emulator to work is hard work. Yes. But I, I, I got it going. Because it doesn't... It's, there were so many different versions of the Amiga, weren't there, with different RAM expansions? and. Yeah, and nowadays, I was listening to the Computer Roundtable uh, podcast earlier on, and they were talking about, Quinn Dunkey was talking about um, getting an Amiga because it's one of the computers she never had as a kid. She was a, a big Apple II person. And the thing she was talking about, uh, and one of the other guys on there was a uh, Amiga expert. He knew everything about the Amiga. And the, the amount of add-ons and, and extra bits and RAM expansions and SD cards and even video expansions for it you can get nowadays. It's incredible. There's so many bits you can get from it. I mean, I don't really like the Amiga. I never really got into it. As a kid, I loved it. But then when you go back to it nowadays, it's, it falls flat for me. It wasn't, well, it's not as good as I remember. But I was, there I was is a, a bit of a nostalgia rush, like yeah. Turrican and Lotus Turbo Esprit and all those sorts of games. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really like the real popular ones like speedball and stuff but Zenon 2 is a game i remember marveling at back in the day and when i played it about a year ago when i had amiga 600 it's just pathetic it's slow it's jerky the music is not because it was actually the music was taken from uh, bomb the bass which was actually like a top yeah. 10 hit and i had the album back in the day as a kid and i quite like the song it it, it does but it, it's just it's nowhere near as good it's not it's not completely sampled they've just sort of used bits of it and it's nowhere near as good, and, and it just it wasn't a very good game, really. There's loads have been playing sort of on and off. I couldn't get Xenon Two to work, but I, I don't didn't really care. So I didn't really play it a lot. You ain't missing, mate. My, my lad set up a network share for me, so I can just go into the ex, the well the Linux version of Explorer and just go into a folder, which is as long as the Raspberry Pi is on. Yeah, I can just I can just change settings. I can still SS, SSH into it and change settings. Yeah. But anything copying over, instead of using FTP, you can do like a network share. Oh, okay. It, it, and it's just like another folder on your on your laptop. Yeah. 
but that yeah, I've been doing all that. I've, I've had played loads of good games. I tried, I tried Paradroid ninety. I remember liking that, but I don't like it now. That's another one that they mentioned on the computer roundtable. Yeah. But the the other one that always used to, always still annoys me now actually is Shadow of the Beast. I remember looking at it back oh, then, yeah. thinking, "Oh, the shading and the parallax scrolling." You know, I was really wowed by it. But you play it now; it's such a bad game. I think even then, I didn't like the actual game. It's just like running around. It's it's boring. It's a really boring game, which is very very well made at the time. But that game now, people go on about it. Oh, it's rubbish. It's just terrible. It's a tech demo, weren't it? I, I Basically, think. yeah, yeah. It wasn't a great game at all. What's uh, this? What have you been refurbishing in your kitchen? Uh, due to lockdown, we've, we have got a kitchen. You have got one. I, I've, I've discovered it during lockdown. Oh, well done. Food. It's that place at the back where the washing machine is, isn't it? it? Food is not always delivered by wife. You, you have to prepare it. Oh, I'm glad uh, so you're finding the, this out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're just doing a bit of refurbishment, you know, new new cabinets and. Uh, painting and decorating and stuff. So we're doing that bit by bit. So that's that's all right. Have you installed a bespoke pie oven? And biscuit dispenser you've put here. A biscuit dispenser? No. But, One that just uh, fires them out of your, into, your, into your face? The latter is a very good idea. What you could do, right, you know you're pretty good with Linux. You could set um, up a Raspberry Pi with a camera, right? And mm. as you come in, you can just clap your hands or something... The camera will pick up your face and just fire a biscuit right at your snout. What do you reckon? <laughs> but even if you... <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want one. If you just cut it and you, you sort of close a cupboard and it makes a smack noise. And just a biscuit bounces off your head. Wife say, what do you want for tea? I said, I don't want any tea again. Well, you had 17 biscuits. I've had 17 biscuits. <laughs> but I, I didn't want them. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a round of applause every time you go in the kitchen. I think yeah. you should do that. It's got legs. Yeah. Oh, this is another good one. This is actually arcade-related. This is a Kickstarter. I'm not usually keen on those kind of things, but this is really good, and I I nearly smashed the back button straight away when I saw it. This is a Kickstarter for a game called Twin Tiger Shark, and I do believe the author is a listener. So let me just get it up a second. I shall read out about it. It's basically a game he made a while back, and he's porting it to a Jammer Arcade PCB. Twins, Twin Tiger Shark is a game I made seven years ago. This is Mikhail Tillander. Uh, the game is a tribute to a well-known arcade game manufacturing company of the 80s and 90s. I'm not sure who he's talking about. Really We've worked sure. this out, haven't we? We've, We've worked, worked it out. out, yeah. Twin Tiger Shark is Twin Cobra, Tiger Heli, and Flying Shark. All tow a plan, aeroplane, or helicopter. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, well, I reckon that's it. Mm, not sure. It looks absolutely brilliant. And if you watch the video, which I'm going to put on the, uh, I'll put a link to the page on the show notes. It runs really fast and it looks really, really good. Now, the there's lots of tiers you can buy stuff. You can get like just a PCB, or you can get a nice box with it, and you get manuals and ROM upgrades and all sorts of stuff. It starts off at about 130 quid for a Jammer PCB, brand new game. I think that's an absolute bargain. And I am seriously thinking about buying it. I really am. So please don't everyone buy it before me, but go and buy it anyway. Go and buy it. It looks really good. Oh, estimated delivery, December 2021. So it's almost a year away, yeah? And it, look, it will ship to anywhere in the world. So get, have a look on that and see what you think. I think it looks gorgeous. It does look good. It's very fast moving. I bet yeah, really quick, isn't it? Stuff. That's those dips in it. Dips! Yeah, dips. 
I like a good, good dip, I like a curry dip, and one of them dips you get in the Indian. What's that white one? That's awesome. Is it Riota, Riaka, Riaja, Rihanna? He's just saying. He's just saying random words now, listeners. Just saying random words. I get this all the time. I normally edit it out, but I'm going to leave it in for your pleasure. Mango chutney's good. Why haven't they not done the game about mango chutney? Anyway, moving on, Vic. See what I mean? It looks really nice. Even the PCB has got it's got aeroplanes and sharks on it and stuff. Who doesn't like a shark on a PCB? That's I love sharks. And he reckons the hardware specs of this game are somewhere between the Mega Drive and the SNK Neo Geo systems, which is brilliant. I like those. I like both those platforms. So yeah, this looks really nice. It's jammer connector, standard resolution, fifteen K monitor. Uh, works in tape mode, so you've got to have a vertical screen. Zero input lag. Uh, low power design for silent operation. It looks really, really good. Uh, 320 by 224, that's a brilliant resolution. 128 simultaneous sprites. Uh, tile-based background layer with eight-way hardware scrolling. Two rows of text overlay. Four bits of pixel priority. don't know what that means. 4,096 simultaneous colors on screen. Uh Water effect and layer generator, and it's got uh, really good music on it as well. The music is done by Johan Aguren. Sorry about your pronunciation if I got it wrong. Uh, the musician who did the music for his successful Kickstarter game Tanza for the Mega Drive. So everyone, go and get that as well. Looks really good. Yes. I am last... so close to buying this, Sean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really close. I love a new game like that. I'm a sucker for a what PCB. You do is have a few. I oh, know you don't have a few beers. You could have a few beers and then press the buy button. Or I could you just could, buy it myself because I've got the money spare. Why not? You could just, yeah. I'm going to get into Mikhail and ask a few questions about that. Looks really good. And the last thing I've been doing is something I've not done for ages is read a book. Not a, magazine, not a magazine, not scrolling through news articles, an actual book, which is Missile Commander. From, oh, you got it. Well done. Yeah, Mr. Tony Temple. I read it in like maybe three or four days. I didn't binge it. Mm. And it's really good. I you really think, enjoyed it as well. 250 pages about one single game, but it's not. It's it's an intertwined, very nice story full of little events and yeah. the people people is met. And the one thing that really struck me mm-hmm. is the little the little cafe where he sort of they discovered it, discovered yeah. the misopper. I my mum and dad, my dad was a roof tiler. He did his backing in the late seventies. He couldn't do roofing, so he went and leased the cafe. Yeah. So, so I spent five years in the back room of a cafe. Oh, right. Uh, there, there was a couple of games there. There was an old pinball, which was actually a pins. The pins, no flippers on it. Oh, right. As like a bagatelle kind of thing. Yeah. And wow. I can't, I've been looking. I can't remember it, but I remember I remember it took two pences. <laughs> two peas. Wow. That's really the, old, isn't it? I've been looking on Internet Pinball database. Um, That's got my 50s one, isn't it? Yeah, can't quite. This this was like seventies though, so it wouldn't have been. Yeah, it would have been old then, even. Yeah. Wow. But I had lots of mem- all these little characters that he talked about in the cafe that used to come into our cafe. That kind of thing, that mm. kind of uh, community. When I was but a kid, lots in that book. Lots in that book, and it's an excellent read. When I was a kid, uh, we're talking sort of like seven to twelve. I think I was there. I lived in Rugby in the Midlands, and there's a little town uh, near the estate where I live called Bilton. Went far as a bike ride away, and there was a cafe across the road from the from a, um, a cemetery. And when my mum used to go shopping, she should take me in there. So before my brother was born, so it was me and my mum wandering about the place doing stuff. And there was a phoenix table in there, 
No, sorry, it wasn't mm. Phoenix, it was Pleiades. That's where I first played Pleiades. And I always remember Pleiades. I used to play Phoenix anyway on different stuff, but that was the first place I ever played Pleiades. And I thought it was brilliant when you get the little walkers, and it was just a really cool place to play it. And I remember that one really well being a cafe as well. Mm. Biscuits with you, biscuits with you. I learned about you, biscuits with you. Oh, we've got a biscuit review. This is from One Punch Rob. How did he find our lucrative side business? This is an advert. I think it's from somewhere like Viz or something. Cheap biscuity lawyers for you. Looking for a cheap lawyer? Don't mind if they spend the whole court case eating biscuits. Choose cheap biscuity lawyers for you. Not a crumb of evidence or biscuit ignored at rock bottom prices. What we lack in knowledge, we make up for in cost and love of biscuits. Looking for a lawyer who is one, cheap, two, short of breath, three, a fan of biscuits. biscuits. Then CBL for you is the one for you. Cheap biscuits lawyers for you. We may take the biscuit, but we won't take much cash. Hey, that's good, isn't it? Brilliant. Thanks, one punch, Rob. That could be our little sideline. Well, I've I've got the biscuit review done about you today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I only just picked them up about a couple of hours ago and I've eaten them all already. Yeah, Fox's so. chocolatey milk chocolate fudge biscuits. Oh, hello. In the right posh black packet. Just let me say it again. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> One pound fifty for six. Don't oh, behave. Tw- Twenty-five pence each. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see the faces he's pulling in the listeners. <laughs> just think Les <laughs> Dawson. They're, they're like they're like that is super posh. Twenty-five pence each. You could almost get four packs of custard creams for that. That could do you for four bis- four birthdays. That could sure. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I remember. I remember we we're talking to someone. I've written it down, and you said custard creams are crumbs held together by tears. Yeah, and misery. Tears and misery. That are it. Basically. Yeah, anyway, these biscuits. They're like, like it says, there's like a, a kind of a fudge. What is it? Shortbread base, Ooh. a fudge, a fudge kind of cream, and then a. <laughs> <laughs> chocolatey top and mm. me and me, there's only six and me and Waff of them are very nice really good mm. Fox's Chocolatey is the brand oh Chocolatey is the you know not Fox's is the brand Chocolatey is the they're not made out of Fox's uh, Chocolatey is the the not the brand the semi-brand the sub-brand you know what I mean yeah uh, yeah <laughs> and then he looks so confused <laughs> milk chocolate fudge biscuits get them kids i can recommend them. it's a good eight out of ten for me do you know what you, you do only get six in a pack we don't have many biscuits lately at home and i was saying i said to my lovely wife my wife the other day mm. oh i should have got some biscuits the other day when i was at wherever i was and she had a right go at me because i didn't get biscuits <laughs> so we are fans of biscuits both of us so yeah yeah i'm gonna get some of them they sound nice we're still eating them cars. Cheese melts, is it? Which we said a few months ago. Oh, yeah, they're good. Like, I, got, I had one the other night, actually. But what I do... Philadelphia and mature cheddar cheese on. Exactly that. That is mm. the best cheese delivery system you can get. God, it's good. Apart from a shovel, obviously. Yeah. Recent pickups. I've been buying and been giving things lately. Uh, this is quite mm. good. It's quite a extensive. We're going to be here all night doing this. So this is my wallet, right? Which I still haven't done a theme tune for yet. But my wallet is Irish and it doesn't like to be spent too much. Will you, will mm. you stop spending things? Will you stop spending? Come on, get out. Get your fingers out of there. 
sorry, Irish listeners. Basically, I bought uh, a thing called a Kung Fu cart for the Commodore 64. Have you seen these? Let me just unplug it. I'm come just here, about to. Oh, come here. I'm just about to see one. Here he goes. Here he goes. How cool is that? Oh. It's Ooh. a little tiny... Well, cartridges on the Commodore 64 are quite similar to... They're smaller than Atari Android cartridges, actually. They're quite small, and it's bright green. It's a really nice cart case. And this mm. was from... The future was 8bit.com. Really good place to get uh, peripherals for different computers and, and consoles. It's basically a new SD flash cart for the C64. Now, I thought this was actually better than the disk drive SD emulators, which I've got a few of as well, as it can be left in the cart slot of the C64 and then hanging off a cable and another, you know, different wires to the data set port and things like that. And it loads uh, most C64 ROM image formats, not just the cart ones. It can load uh, D64 as well, which is disk images. But what I did find out when I, I've got two Commodore 64 Cs, I've got one that's been modified with Jiffy ROM, Jiffy DOS, sorry, which loads faster, and one without. And this wouldn't work on the machine with Jiffy DOS in it, which wouldn't wouldn't recognize it. Ooh. So I had to play it on the old one. And the the thing with um, Commodore 64 disk images is the disk drive on those was painfully slow. Painfully slow. And this loads them like the speed it would from a disk, so it's quite slow. But when you use Jiffy DOS, it speeds that process up by a factor of six, six times quicker. So I'm going to keep one of my Commodore 64s with the the Pi one that Bobby Idod did for me, the little Pi 3A Plus inside it with SD and all that stuff on there, and use this one in my other one. Because it is quite nice just leaving the cartridge in there and having those bits hanging off of it. But it's still pretty good. Um, you can get these elsewhere for a bit cheaper, but this one was a really nice package. Well, I love the cart colour as well. It's brilliant. Really nice. Ooh. I have bought the DSi switch port of Shantae's, or Shantae Risky's Revenge. Now, you know I like the Shantae games. They're sort of like Metroidvania kind of games with a cute, uh, f- uh, a cute belly dancing... What is she? She's a belly dancing ninja, ninja, whippy head character with sass. She's brilliant. Really like Shantae. Love Shantae games. Absolutely love them. But this was an older one that was on the DSi, and I never played it before. And it's really, really good. It's got the same graphics, so it's quite pixelated. Obviously, on a smaller screen, it'd look a lot better. But on the big screen, it's still really, really nice game. And I'm getting into that at the minute because I love Shantae games. This one I hadn't played before, and it wasn't that much money either. It's quite cheap. I also bought another game for me and wife to play together. It's a two-player, and it's called Death Squared on the Switch. Have you heard of it? I've heard of Death Cubed, which is the prequel that's set in, a, in an alternate reality to Death Squared and is more of the, the cerebral thinking man's game, which I am more inclined to attend to view. Did you read that on the back of a cereal packet or something? <laughs> no. Death, no, not seen this. Sorry, Victor. Death Squared is a good little game. Actually, you, you do play cubes in it. What you do, I think it's. I'm not sure if it's on other other formats because um, you need four controllers, or you you can possibly need four controllers to play it. So what you do is you have a controller each on the switch. You take them off the sides, and you can play four players, I believe. And you control these little cube robots. You're on a cube sort of um, playing area, and you basically got to get your robots onto their coloured circles. But there's all sorts of lasers and spikes and things in the way, and you've got to move around and help each other. So what you do is you play two players. One person controls two of the robots each. There's a red and blue one and a green and yellow one. 
So you press a certain button to move one robot and you move it with a joystick and then you hold another button to play with the other one. And you basically got to help each other out and move and try and work out and get yourself on these these cubes with the, the circles on. And it, it's it's a really good little game. Um, it's super simple, but it gets quite particular later on. There's some fiendish level designs for it, but you can get, really get into it and you manage to work out certain difficulty levels of it. So... We've got to a level now, like about level 30, I think, and we've got a bit stuck on it. And it's it, it's one of those games, when you're playing it and you're doing the, you're, oh, brilliant, I've done it. You know, I've done that bit of real achievements. But yeah. there's certain bits on it which really triggers me quickly. And you, you start getting a headache, like, I've got to stop doing this now. I'm thinking too hard at this game. Just leave it and play it another time. But it's great to play together. It's a really nice game to play together. Because you, you can sort of knock each other off by accident and stuff. And obviously... You both get killed if that happens. You've got to do it again. So it's it's a really... You've really got to help each other out with it and be a bit careful and mindful of each other as well. It's a really nice game. like it. And it wasn't a lot of money either. It was like three quid or something like that. Some of these cheap games are absolutely brilliant. And talking of cheap games, some of our listeners and friends on Twitter recommended a game called Horace on the Switch. I believe it's on other formats as well. But it's basically this little robot you control. It's more of a sort of interactive story. I've only got a bit of a way through it. It's like a story about you're, you're this sort of like robot and you're, you're taken to this big house and there's this big kindly old gentleman who's looking after you and teaching you things. And it's a big long story and you do little bits in between it. And it's it seems quite endearing, but I'm not sure if it's much of a game. But it was £1.09, Sean. It's not not the old ZX Spectrum Horace, is it? No, no, not, not Horace as in Horace and the Spiders, Horace Goski. And like, no, he's like he looks like a Lego man, but he's a robot. And he works right. and he sort of lives in this big stately home and there's this posh guy who owns him. And you've got to do these different things. It's, it seems quite good so far and I'll play my way through it. But it's more like an interactive story. It seems quite fun though. And it's very pixelated, the graphics. They're nice graphics. For £1.09, so Sean, I cannot complain. I cannot complain. I might get it. I've not even got a Switch. Good for you. You should get yourself a Switch, mate. They are oh, nice. Dear. They're nice. Exactly. I've got too much to play anyway. Yeah, we have. Uh, Clive Dingbot. Oh, how is he? Is he all right? Right. I'm not sure if... Well, people who, who maybe follow me on Instagram might have seen Clive Dingbot. I'll take a picture of him. He is a little Tommy robot. There he is, Sean. I'll show him on the camera. He greeted oh, me when we got on earlier. Is he, is he the one that was holding a piece of paper with swear words on that you sent me a photo of the other day? Yes, it was. It was It was disparaging Amigas again, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. But little Clive Dingbot is a little toy <laughs> robot. He is in the same... A series of robots that Tommy did, I believe, in the 80s. I'm not sure. Chris Parsons, CMP, is a bit of an expert on these. He's got the full collection, I think. And the big one is called Omnibot. And he's got a tape recorder in his chest. And he play, you can play music out of him. And he's got lights and stuff. But this little guy here, he uses one AA battery. And when you switch him on, he's got little motors inside. And with little um, gear wheels and stuff. And cams and things inside him. And what he does, he walks along. He'll stop for a second, move his head around. A little lever inside hits this little plastic bit against a, a whirring wheel, a gear wheel, and it makes like a chirping noise, only for a few seconds. And it takes off again, and he'll change direction, move on a bit more, and do a few more things and move his head. It's, it's all done with one motor, one battery, and loads of little gear wheels. Because when I took him apart, he wasn't working first, because you know the, the rubber on his wheels had perished and all fallen apart. So I took him all apart, and it was just gear wheels. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get this back together again. And I took a few hours doing it, but I managed to get him working fully. 
and he's absolutely brilliant. The, the ingenuity of these people who made these toys is brilliant. It's, there's next to nothing inside him, but he's really impressive what he does. And he's a really cute little... He looks a little bit like a kind of Wally robot, that sort of thing. Yeah, but... It's like a cream and red colour. Years before. Yeah. And he's called Clive. And he's mine. And I love him. I think he's brilliant. So when I do new things now, he's going to be sort of in the background probably, you know, in a bit of uh, eye candy in the photographs. I love him. I think he's brilliant. Nice. And you can get a blue one as well. There's a blue one you can get. He's, he's cream and red. You can get cream and blue one, which I'm going to look out for, but I think they're a bit more rare. They're quite collectible, these robots as well. I think it was only about 15 quid delivery. You want a lot of money, but um, an Omnibot, a working Omnibot can go to about 400 quid or more. If you want, if you want yeah. a cream one, just get a white one and smoke loads of cigarettes next to it. Or cover it in cream, literal cream. Oh, yeah. Might get a bit, yeah. That's a bit better. No, don't if put you get peckish, lick it. Yeah. I, I, listen, kids, disclaimer, do not lick robots. We've just, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, just yeah, invented, exactly. We've just invented lickable robots. Lickable robots. Yeah, so Clive Dingbot, I like him a lot. He's brilliant. Uh, oh, oh, this is a good one for the, the technical kids out there. You know, I use multimeters when I'm doing electronics and stuff. You know what a mucky multimeter is, don't you? Yeah, but this one, I think you fluked it. Yes. Right. Anyone who knows anything about electronics knows that fluke are the de facto Rolls-Royce of electronic uh, instruments. And Dean, the video game whisperer, put me onto this on Twitter. You can, a fluke multimeter, right, I think is 160 quid. It's 160 sure. quid. And a standard multimeter, like a no-name Chinese version, is 10 quid. And it'll do everything you want it to do, right? But a fluke one is a next step up. It's really good. Dean put me onto these. They're full-on, original fluke-made multimeters, but they're only made for the Chinese market. And they're only guaranteed in China. And you get them off AliExpress, and they were 35 quid delivered. And it's exactly a fluke. I looked at it. The booklet's the fluke booklet. It's got exactly the same packaging. It's basically a fluke, but not made for the Western market. And it's really, really nice bit of equipment. I've been after a fluke for a long time, and now I've got one. This is where to get them from. Well, you need some pointy pens in your life, don't you? I've got pointy pens with it, and they're longer than normal as well. Longer pointy pens. Longer pointy pens. Really, really pointy pens. So that was a mouthful of peas. (laughs) Uh, As I mentioned earlier, different joystick boxes to do different kinds of uh, arcade-style Vectrex joysticks. Oh, and that pad I showed you earlier, this is like a little box. It's sort of like a tiny iPad kind of shaped thing, isn't it? I'm going to put something nice in that. I'm not sure I want to put in it yet. But there's going to be basically there'll be a screen... A Raspberry Pi of some sort, and some controls, and some battery, probably. Would there be room in that for a flapjack? <sighs> now you're talking. Or an eclair. Actually, it's probably long enough for an eclair. But it would get sticky, wouldn't it? Yeah, flapjack should be all right. Mm, yeah, not so bad. Oh, oh! An extension to my wallet. This is Xmas Gets. I'm not talking... Yeah, we, I'm not talking yeah, Christmas Gets. I'm not talking people who are Gets being Christmassy. This is over Christmas and some stuff we got. So, the first one I got was a Japanese book. This is classic game visual book. I usually hate these kind of books, just full of pictures of consoles. That's it. That's all they are. It's just like a, they call them a coffee table book. I really don't like them. 
I mean, you could just go on the internet and look at pictures of consoles. But this one is pure, obscure Japanese console prom. It really is. There's some gorgeous machines I've never even seen before. And it's all in Japanese. doesn't matter. It's just to look at and look at the industrial design of these gorgeous Japanese consoles from the 70s and onwards. Really, really nice. And I would give my right testicle, not the left one, quite attached to that, the right one, <laughs> to be able to go thrift shop raiding or car boot sales in Japan with a Japanese-speaking person. Imagine the stuff you'd get from, like, you know, car boot sales and thrift shops and all that second-hand stuff. I'm not sure if... I know there's quite a lot of Japanese consoles left in the shops and stuff, but I'm not sure if they had a a big thing about keeping hold of their old toys and stuff or whether they sold them on or chucked them out. I don't know. But imagine going car booting in Japan. Oh, Do they have car boot sales? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe they have kind of markets or, you know. Because yeah. I've been I went to a shop once. I think it was in um, it was in Osaka when we was there like 11 years ago now. And it was like a sort of shop, and they had some like nest cartridges in there, and you know some toys and some robots stuff I saw in there. But I didn't really pay too much attention because we were off doing other stuff. But I presume they must do second-hand shops because a lot of game shops that sell second-hand games and consoles and books and things like that. So maybe they do. But I would love to do that. I would love to do that. What else? You've got lots of stuff here, mate. Uh, Atari design. Uh, this is a serious book about the design and artwork of Atari arcade cabinets. This is uh, less photo-heavy and more reading-heavy. So it's some real nice insights of early Atari industrial design. It's quite a technical book, actually. It's really good. It's all like the woodwork and the design and controls and all that sort of stuff, and it's really good. Uh, another one called The Game Console, which is um, a book with photographic history from Atari to Xbox. It's okay. It's one of those books that's got a lot of pictures, but there's some good some writing in there as well. But I did notice they missed out the Vectrex for some weird reason. I mean, the Vectrex wasn't around for very long, but it was quite popular at the time, and it's even more popular now. So I'm a bit annoyed about that. Uh, Maybe also, they're not classing that as a console, though. Yeah, they didn't even mention it, which is because they, they've got some like honourable mentions at the end of the book. But they didn't mention it, which is really weird. Um, and also, the Mega Drive and Mega Drive 2 are wrongly described. They reckon that the Genesis, or the Mega Drive 2, was the Genesis as a rebranded Mega Drive, when it was actually a new issue version of it. Same machine, but a new issued case. So they got mm-hmm. that wrong, so I don't know how they got that wrong, unless it was just in their country they did that. I don't know. Oh, is a good one. Actually, you'd like this. Let me just show you. This is a Konami Schmups book. Kamami Shooters, it's called. This is from Hardcore Gaming 101, which are experts on that sort of thing. Yeah, I like their site. That's a really good site. They have really in-depth reviews and and articles on shmups and the the whole... Like, if they do Raiden, they do the whole series of Raiden. Yeah. And they they go into it. It's really good. I've got a PDF there of of something. Well, I was kindly gifted this by a mate of mine, which I'll have a big shout-out for later on. But this is basically, it's like a sort of thick comic book sort of shape. I don't, mm. I don't know what A5, A no, bigger than A5, but smaller than A4. And as you said, it starts off with the early game like Scramble, which is their first basic shoot 'em up. And it goes on to Super Cobra and it tells you all about the different versions of it the Vectrex, the Commodore 64, uh, the Pewter, which is Japanese console, uh, the Game Boy, loads of different versions of it. And it goes through the whole state, and then it goes to Gradius, Gradius 2, and all this sort of, you know, go for no yaboo and all that lot. And it's really good. I've only got a, way, a little way through it. It's so colourful, 
and the writing is really good in it. It's really nice, mm. and it shows all these different versions of it, which I quite like the, the comparisons as well. So I'm it's really getting site. into that. It's a really nice book. I, I definitely recommend that one, Sean. I will put a link to wherever you can buy it from. Yeah, really, really good. Sometimes if I'm looking for info on a shmup, there's a lot of shmups on there. Mm-hmm. Just in Google, I just type HG101 in the name of the shmup. I go there first yeah. for That's information. The, yeah, it's the place to go, isn't it? Yeah. It's another one. Uh, wife got me. Uh, Vectrexians for the Vectrex. Ooh. Now, this is the third game in the se- in the series from uh, Tutstronic. Uh, he's the guy who did Vector Pilot and Vector Patrol, and this was his first game in that series, Vectrexians. It's basically ve- uh, Vectrex... Vectrex Galaxians, as you might have worked out, but it's it's really good and I like it because it's easier than Galaxian and I'm a bit better at it. I've really liked playing that one. It's a gorgeous little game. It's not quite as fancy as those two other games. It's not got as many special and hidden features in it, but it's mm. a really good version of Galaxian for the Vectrex. Excellent. Oh, here's another one I got. I got some. Have you heard of these wireless bone conducting headphones? Yeah, for walking your dog. Yeah. Basically, what they are is rather than headphones that go over your ears or earbuds that go in your ears, these things stretch over the back of your neck and they go over your ears. It's like a little frame and these little sort of nubs sit against the temple of your skull. And what they do is, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but the music is vibrated through the bone in the side of your head and you can hear it. But your ears are left completely open so you can hear what the dog's doing running around, you know, chasing ducks or whatever he's doing. So you can hear everything. So they're good for, like, you know, workshops or places where you might need to be have your wits about it. You can still listen to music and podcasts. So when I'm going out on the, my own sometimes with the dog, I can listen to some podcasts. They're really, really good as well. It's amazing how they work. You're like, it, this shouldn't work. Why is it working? Is it, like, really bassy and loud and stuff? and? Not too loud, but I think if you if you play the right music on them, I'm not I'm not really listening to music yet on them. Actually, it's just been listening to podcasts. I've been trying to catch up with someone when I take the dog for walk on my own and stuff. But they're really good and because they're not in your ears. You know, you can safely walk about in you know traffic and stuff. And yeah, really clever, really clever how they work. So you know, if you're running or something, and you need to know what's what's going on about you, they're perfect for that. It's really clever how they work. I think it might be witchcraft. Yeah, sounds interesting. I'd like to, like to have a go of them. Mm. Uh, stuff I've, I haven't really got a lot. Like I said, I got the Tony Temple book. and mm-hmm. that, For Christmas, I got quite a few things. I forgot now. Was it a so case of IPA? Definitely beer, definitely chocolate. Yeah, standard. Some, some other small things, not a lot. Yeah. But nice. It's nice have you bought yourself nice any more of those Evercade games yet? I've got six six cartridge packs three came with it and i bought three do you know so what i that think i already mentioned that's a collection oh no Uh-oh. i'm waiting for the arcade one it's they did a an AMA. slippery slope sean they did an ama did what's it did evercade ask, ask me anything and people have asked them a couple of times how are you doing you've done like nez roms and snez roms and gen- genocide roms genocide was they're, a they're not a, good roms genesis they're, they're, yes not they genocide. were an evil sure, version. We don't want genocide roms, thank you. Genocide were an evil. It was an evil Genesis, evil mm. Mega Drive. Sonic the Hedgehog was a bitch on that. Yeah, but yeah, Clive Dingbot had sort that out, no problem. He, he fights evil. He does, but I think 
I think they said quarter one or quarter two this year where they're thinking of getting proper arcade ROMs. So I don't nice. know whether they're going to license them. Because the, har- the hardware is more than, more than up to it. But they're yeah. going to have to get like... I wouldn't get wouldn't get Nintendo nowhere. They've, they've, they've sort of yeah. laughed when someone said, any chance of Donkey Kong? They've just laughed. No. They, they might get, get Konami. Yeah, could get a, a Oh, Atari would... sell their soul for half a quid, wouldn't they? Yeah, they've already had like Technos and Data East and them kind of people that yeah that did do arcade because they're still quite proud of their back catalogue and they they tend to put them out on just about everything. Konami the same. Mm. Yeah, I presume Taito that sort of thing. Oh yes, yes please. Yeah, Namco maybe. So next time I see you, Sean, I want you to have your ever ever evercade with you so I can have a go of it. Thank you. Yeah, wherever we go now, not that we're going anywhere, but next when we go to hotels and stuff, I do take it. The last time we went, the where did we go anywhere? Where did we leave the house? Yeah. Oh, we went to went to New Galloway, didn't we? Saw the Milky Way. That was September in between lockdowns. Awesome. And I took I took me Evercade there. Oh, I do fancy that. I really fancy it, but not at the moment. No. What I play more than anything on it is <laughs> Galaxian. It's a great. <laughs> it's, it's a great version. Cool. Listener feedback. We're not going to read out all the thank yous to everyone who wishes a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. There's been loads of them. There's been over five and less than ten. What they can do, they can all f*** off. (laughs) We've got Rygar. Happy Christmas and that lot. Many thanks to your podcast over the last ten months have been a ray of sunshine in these dark times and the soundtrack to my various DIY shenanigans. Miraculously... And despite your arcade-themed silliness, no accidents have ensued. <laughs> well Yet. done, Sean, on your mouse score. That's really impressive. Yes, it is impressive, Twin Galaxies. I'm yeah. not bothered now. I'm not bothered now. I've beat that record already, Twin Galaxies. You can shiver it. Your... Anyway, that's very impressive. I, st- I struggled with the hate bats and I have to throw the towel in. But they did inspire me to break out my BBC Model B for one of the few bits of retro going and managed to fit in over the holidays. What on earth could that have been? The answer is, of course, Chucky Egg. Chucky Egg, what a great is. game. Mm-hmm. Chucky Egg 2's on the Amiga. Ah, I Chucky Egg 2 was rubbish. I didn't download that one. I might have a look at it. Yeah, I think it's bad. After completing the first eight levels of the original, he says, the game goes back to level one, but with a massive duck coming out of its cage. The other game I played was Radical Radial, and we'll talk about its very good score in the review. Okay. We certainly will. I don't think I've ever done all eight levels of Chucky Egg. I thought there was like 50 levels. And I was playing my BBC B the other day, actually, which I've got a bit of a shout out on that one, actually. Yeah. So not that many feedbacks, really, is there for a while? No, there's a, there's quite a few comments on the game. but I think ah, We'll talk about them later, and, then. It's Christmas and people don't feedback, do they? Too, don't and too they don't really listen to podcasts like me. I'm guilty of that because I'm still catching up with a lot of them now. Yeah, in lockdown, I've heard this from other podcasters. You, people don't listen to as many podcasts because they're at home. They're not. Uh, yeah, not commuting. commuting. Not well. I listen to them actually at work because I can. I'm sort of a manual worker. I can mm. listen to stuff to stop me getting bored. But yeah, or people like on runs and stuff. If they're going to the gym, they're not doing that anymore. Oh, what a shame! But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Friendly shout-outs. Right, the first one for me, and he's going to have another theme tune, is a massive 
huge shout out and to Mr. Ed Horse. Not just for sending me, which you said, uh, I think we talked about the last podcast, not just for sending me a suitable Sega Saturn to use with the Fenrir drive I bought, he just sent me a full Saturn system with the Fenrir already in it, a controller, a Pico power supply, which replaces the original power supply, and it's a gorgeous Japanese grey one. The whole lot, the whole shebang. Because when I opened it, I went... It's got a bloody Fenrir in it already. What's that doing in there? And I thought he'd sent me it by accident. You know, he'd forgotten to take his Fenrir out before he sent me his spare Saturn. He said, no, no, I didn't really get on with it. You have the old lot. What? 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 This is a lot of money's worth here. That's nice of him. It's absolutely gorgeous of him. That's why he gets another theme tune. And also, because I bought myself that £100 Fenrir for my own one, I've gifted it to a mate of mine. I was so happy, I just gave it to him. There you go. Paying it forward. Absolutely brilliant. So ah, thank you lovely. very much for that. It's absolutely gorgeous of you doing that. And I've been playing quite a lot of it. And it's really good. And I, he sent me another white controller with it. Because it's a grey satin unit. It's a grey satin unit. But it's got the white controller with it. Which I already had one of those anyway. But I've just noticed someone at Retrofaith on Twitter has just bought a load of satin controllers from Japan. And she's got a load of grey ones in there. So hopefully I can buy one of those and I'll probably sell the white ones. I want it all grey. The grey is my favourite Saturn. I do like that. And then the white one and the black one. Mm. But yeah, really, really good of him to do that. I'm, I'm so pleased about that. It's really, really cool. Great system. Great system, Saturn. Which I yeah. didn't realise till later on. Yeah, it, some some of the games in there are absolutely brilliant. Really good. Some, I, I never even played it until the first Batcave meetings that I went to. Oh, really? Twenty fourth. Yeah, never played it. Never saw it. I I think we should do a season a series right called Retro Regrets when you yeah. talk about the podcast. Yeah, just st- in general, the, this podcast. <laughs> you talk about stuff. Uh, I wish. I wish I would have had a Saturn. Yeah. I wish I would have had an import Mega Drive for all the shooters. I wish I would have had an import PC Engine for all the shooters. I missed all them shooters. Yeah, PC Engine all... especially. I, I knew very little about all. that. Uh, and also the Neo Geo AES. But who, who had mm-hmm. like 600 quid back then to buy one of them? No one. I wouldn't have been bothered about that because there wasn't many shooters. But the, the, the shooters that I have missed out, I would have loved them. Like being 18, 19, I would have loved that. Yeah, but... more, more of the fighters really for Neo Geo, isn't it? Yeah, but if you're a real fighting uh, fan, you've got to have an Neo Geo. That uh, doesn't matter. I've, I can play them now. I can play them now. Yeah, absolutely. But the Saturn is some. Uh, the Saturn did a few 3D things. There's a game called Power Slave, which is like um, uh, Egyptian style Doom. That's really good. I think it was on other formats as well. But I remember playing it on the Saturn years ago, and I had one. Uh, that's a really good game. And, it's, and some some shockingly good games on there. Some really cool 2D stuff. Some gorgeous games on there. Another one I like on there is Cotton 2. Have you played Cotton 2? No. It came out in the arcade. It was the same hardware. It used um, uh, STV hardware. Sega Titan hardware. And it's basically where Cave got the idea for Death Smiles. Death Smiles. Yeah, it's like I've a, got a yeah, feeling like a... it might be the same developers that did it. Because it is very like similar nice, game to it. 
It's like a nice Death Smile. It's like a nicey sort of cutie. Yeah, it's, it's more cute than Death Smile. But you've got like the sort of Halloween figures, you know, as the baddies. It's a really nice game. Really good game. I'm not very familiar with it, to be honest, the cotton things. Mm, they are good. Uh, the next shout-out, we so many shouts for Red Horse. Uh, this is the lovely people, mainly Vectrax, uh, who have supported me by buying and praising, more praising than buying, my Vectrax controllers. Some people really like them, and I'm really pleased they like them. I've sold quite a few of the damn things. I've got more to make now as well. So, yeah, and hopefully when the Vectrax stuff starts to die down a bit, and it doesn't seem to be, it seems to be getting heavier, um, I'm going to try doing some... I've got one to make for the Commodore 64, for someone, and I already do an Atari one. I'm going to do a PC Engine one soon as well. Oh, that'd be good. Because a PC Engine needs a nice uh, arcade stick. So I'll be doing some of them soon, just when I get time, that's all. I really, really wish someone would crowdfund me with a nice size shed with uh, a CNC router in it, uh, some machinery, and just make tell me to make arcade joysticks for consoles. <laughs> I would do that as a full-time job. I love it. I really like making them. But it is t- quite time-consuming, as well as life and real work as well, unfortunately. Yeah, if you if you put a link in the no-shows of that, the webpage that you oh, set yes. up on our... I did which do... Which has got all your controllers on it. Yeah, if you look on our website, on the right-hand type side at the top, there's... Uh, I think there's a page just called Controllers, isn't it? And yeah. you look on there, and it shows all the different kind of controllers made so far. There's one for the BBC as well, I forgot about, BBCB. That's a different one as well, because they're normally analogue. So it's a nice arcade. So if you want to play decent arcade games on, on the BBC, you need one of these. Oh, very and nice. also, also oh, another shout-out for Alex, our Alex, for sending me the duplicate Konami book, which I talked about earlier, because he got two for some reason. He said, do you want this? I went, yeah, yes, please. And he said to me, and it's absolutely brilliant. So thanks, mate. I'll be buying you a nice pint for that when I see you next. Mm. Also, one more is for Richard Broadhurst, who sent me a link the other day for the update to the, oh, what is it? Is it an MMC file? It's basically a file you use on your MMC reader on your BBCB, and it's an updated list of hundreds of games to the BBCB. So if you haven't got one of these little devices, you need to talk to Richard about getting one, because he, he will actually make one for you. And you can play hundreds of games from uh, an SD card or an MMC card. And he's just recently upgraded it. And you can play his version of uh, Scramble on there and all his arcade conversions he's done, which are absolutely brilliant on the BBCB. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, right, when he sent me the message. I was thinking, if Richard had actually made those games in the early 80s when the BBC was big, he'd be a millionaire because he would have sold thousands of these games because they are, they are basically arcade pure. They're, they're almost the same. His version of Astro Blaster with the speech is almost indistinguishable from the arcade version. This, even the speech sounds the same. It must have used a very similar speech chip or something. He would have got sued. Oh, well, I suppose they're licensed. That's what I mean. But they, they were so good. They were, they were better. His games that he's made homebrew are better than a lot of commercial games. They really are much better. I haven't got any shout-outs. Sorry, I forgot to fill this bit in. I'll have, I'll have some shout-outs next time. It'll be to nice people that have done nice things for nice reasons. Yes. That? That's what they're yes. for. Yes. Right. Here's a section I look forward to. Are you going to quiz me right up, son? I'm going to quiz you right up. 
Arcade Master Quiz. Right, this is going to be a bit different this time, right? Uh-oh. It's, it's all about Namco licenses. Okay. Right, you've got... Yes. Namco... Uh, I did a question in two parts. The first part is, name as many Namco-developed games that you can licensed by Atari or licensed to Atari. If you get... One to five, yeah. you get one point each. Every one over five, you get two points. Yeah. And then, hang on, this is what I found, actually. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Oh, wow. Two, Loads four, six, from Namco. Twelve. Okay. I found twelve. Any, any, any over five, you get two points. Let me just get my MAME up a minute. Oh, oh. <laughs> right. So, First one. Yeah, Namco Japan, Europe, and US. All three, they're all three companies. Did you know Namco Europe is based in London? Just found that out. I think so because the Namco centres. There's one in London, isn't there? Remember we t- I showed you that time on the South Bank. Oh, oh yeah, never mind that then. Yeah. Uh, so first one. Yeah. Dig Dug, obviously. Yes. Pole position. Yes. Namco, Namco, Namco. I might have to put some music in while I'm thinking. Ooh, to Atari. Yeah. Hmm. Some, some weird ones, to be honest. I can do lots of Namco games licensed by other people. Will that help? <laughs> Not just part, Atari. Part two is Midway. Do you, ah. want, do you want to do Midway at the same time? Okay, then I'll do Midway. Uh, one of my other favourite Mid- games, Bosconian. Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven I could find on Midway. Okay, so yeah, Bosconian's Bos- the first one. Yeah. Pac-Man. Yeah. And lots of other Pac-Man games. They're all licensed. The character from them. Um, going says Pac-Man Plus, Ms. Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man. Not Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, well, that's a license to the character of Namco, didn't they? And it wasn't developed by Namco. Uh, Pac-Land. Yeah. Pac-Land, yeah. Pac-Mania. Ooh, there's another Pac-Mania. Atari one. Ah, uh, 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 no, no. Pac-Mania is not Midway. That's Atari. Yeah, Atari. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, doing, Atari. Yeah, I used to own the cab, so I know that. Sorry, you go, you go in between the two, you do me head in. I, know. I did say you could do. Uh, ooh. Splatterhouse? Yes. Oh, what was the princess game on the same hardware? Um, Martian Maze? No. Was that not Gallagher 88? Gallagher 88, yeah. Gallagher? Gallagher is midway, yeah. Gap plus. Gap plus, yeah. You're, you're on five of each now. So every one you get from now on is two points. Mm, uh, Galaxian. Yeah. It's midway. Um, oh, pole position two. Pole position two. Yeah. Do you miss that one? Yeah. What, Atari? Atari, yeah. Yeah, yeah of them. course it is. You, you didn't say the, did you say the first pole position? You did, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, TX3, the third in the series. Yes. <laughs> you didn't get that one, did you? No. Why could I didn't get that? Um, oh, there must be a ton of racing games as well, surely. I don't know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's as ma- Oh, I bet I can think of loads more when you tell me. But yeah, go on. Hang on. Better tell the listeners some other ones. Have I stumped the, the quiz master? I'm just checking pole position two. Well, you know it's Namco. Yeah, it is. Doll. Oh. Hang on then. What's the other one you just said? 
Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus with a Namco license. <laughs> wow. Uh, right, okay then. Did you, did you say Gap Plus? Yes. Galaxian. Oh, they, they, what about? Madman on a podcast. Mappy. Oh yeah, of course. No, who who brought that out then? Was that a midway? Yeah. Oh, of course it is. It's the same hardware as Super Pac-Man, isn't it? And it's the same cabinet. Yeah, Super Pac-Man, Pac-Man Plus, Pac-Land, Pac-Man, Rally X. Of course, Rally X and New Rally X. New Rally X. Yeah. Oh. That's all of them, I think. On Atari side, it's a bit more obscure. You've got Assault. Oh, that's but, Namco. Oh, Xevious as well. Can I get yeah. Xevious in? Yeah. Xevious yeah. is Atari. Yeah, or and, and, and Solvalu. I don't know. And Starblade. Ooh. Hang on, hang on. Ooh, hello. You're not supposed to know more than my research. Sorry about that. Which was a bit last minute, I must admit. Because I'm the Quizmaster. Yeah, that's Namco. Namco. I'm not sure if that's their own game. Whether it's licensed or not, I don't know. No, it doesn't look like it. Okay. Soul Value. Yeah, okay. So what other Atari ones are there? Hang on. Check Dig Dug 2 as well, I suppose. Did that come out via Atari or was that their own game? That's their own. Ah. Yeah, I read it was sort of 1985-ish. Yeah. They started licensing their own stuff, so Dig Dug 2, that kind of time. Yeah, yeah. So you got Dragon Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, that's Atari games as well. This is Atari. Final Lap. Yeah, that's one of the racing games I couldn't think of the name of. That's like that's like Pole Position 3, really. But none of the other Final Laps, they were all done by Namco themselves, published okay. by Namco themselves. Four Tracks, which is a weird 4x4 four four racer, sort of early 90s, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, versus Atari RBI Baseball, developed by Namco for Atari. Oh, yeah, okay. And then on the midway side, I think you've got more. Bosconian Gallagher, Galaxian Gaplus, Mappy, New Rally X, Pac-Man, Pac-Man, Pac-Man Plus, Rally X, Super You didn't say Super Pac-Man, did you? Yeah, because it's on the same hardware as Mappy. And it's the same kind of cabinet as Mappy as well. You can swap them around. Right, I might have cocked this up, but I think you have got... 5,000. 15. I think you've got 20 points there. Yes. The ones I didn't get was um, Rally X, which I'm kicking myself about a little bit. Yeah, new Rally X. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Next well, question, it'd be good sir. Good to have all, all them little cabs put together. Wouldn't it be oh, wouldn't it? Gorgeous. Mm. That's it. That's, that's the quiz. Question. That's that's the quiz. Oh, I want more quiz. I love quiz. <laughs> Actually, then go on. Then I've got some weird trivia ones. Then go on. Dig Dug was also licensed to who? Dig you might Dug. know this. Well, as it as in a version. That worked on Galaxian hardware or something. No, well, I don't know, but it was it was licensed to. I'll, I'll, let, I'll give you a clue: an Italian company. Oh, probably um, either Karateco or Zach or Model Racing. No, this might be Spanish then. Sidam. Oh, you idiot! If you'd said Spanish, I'd have said Sidam. I knew they were Spanish. I thought it was Italian then. Dull. There's another one. Oh, you're not going to get this. Oh, yeah. Foson was licensed to Sedan. That's that's a Namco game. Oh. King and Bloon and King Tank, and Bloon or King and, and Tank Battalion yeah. were licensed to a US company, which I had heard of. A UK company, you mean? US. Oh, because they were licensed to Bellfruit in the UK. Do I get an extra point oh. for that? 
Yeah, if you want. Thank you. Um, a US company? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Game Plan. Game Plan. Never heard of them. But they were licensed in the UK to um, Bellfruit, who made fruit machines. And I know um, this because I used to have a Galaxian Bellfruit machine. The very first Namco game, GB, which is done by Toru Iwatani. What was GB licensed to? Three companies in the US, UK, and Spain. You're not going to get this. The Japanese one was Nintendo, because it's GBN. Yeah. Oh, uh, put... oh, what else? Did... UK. Would... Think of a UK company. I would really. say Subelectro in the UK. No, Alka. Oh, okay, yeah. And the Spanish one? Sidan? No, FLI Bertolino. Oh, never heard of them. No. And, and Sega Gremlin in the US. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. But like, you, got another, you got another two points there, so you got 22 points. 22,000 points, nice. You can multiply it by 1,000 if you like. Okay, will do. 22,000 out of 10. Well, what we need now, Sean, is a little break and a word from our sponsor. With a taste as famous as ours, Heinz really is. Super Troopers. Like good old Heinz chicken soup, just one of the much-loved soups in a range that's always made Heinz Britain's favourite. Super grand. God really does look nice. Heinz chicken soup. Feature game review. Radical Radio, Radio 1983, Nichibutsu. CPUs, Z80 at 3 MHz, and, and one of that very popular one, the NSC8105. Oof. Whatever that is, a 1.5 MHz. Sound is your lovely AY8910. Yes. And a DAC. It's an eight-way stick and two buttons, fire and jump. Horizontal screen. Yes. Which is a bit weird for an up-the-screen thing, isn't it? Uh, is there any reason why it's called Radical Radial? It's a radial tyre, isn't it? I think you're in a tyre, yeah. You're, you're just a tyre. So and it's rad. It is a bit radical. Like all the kids on skateboards back in the day. And the game sounds a little bit like this. Right, we have an implausible backstory. No, no, I this may... is the real thing. This is the real deal, Sean. This is... Someone... This is a inspired by real life events it is it is actually rodney radial is a lost tire he's fallen off a hillman imp in space your job is to steer the poor little bugger through some space roads and back up to his other three tire friends he's got three tire friends ricky radial rachel radial and robert r radial do you know what they are short for radical robert His mum's named him Robert, Robert Radio. Poor Rob. When he is reunited with his three three friends on the Hillman Imp, the car can once again be driven by its owner, a certain David Breadstick of Upper Cheetham Bogworth. But in a cruel twist of fate, Rodney Radio will never make it home. He's just caught in an endless loop, never to return to Earth, just like Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. I often think about this podcast in that kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm so, in some sort of purgatory for something I may have done wrong once. <laughs> well, how, how do you play this ridiculous game, Sean? Because, to be honest, I've not played a lot of it. 
well, shame on you, Mr. Marland. Yes, You're shame, missing out. shame. You're missing out on, let me just see what Sidekick, Sidekick has given it 6.24 based on 21 votes. This is the Sidekick app for mobile phones, which is brilliant. Go and get it, everyone. It's not very much money. And you can log all your scores and see all your mates' scores and... Send messages and join clubs. Yeah, and... all sorts of stuff. It's a right little good app, actually, for arcade. Is there any console stuff on it now? Or is it just all arcade at the moment? It's arcade and pinballs. Yes. So you, if you want to sort of compete and with your mates and contact with people playing games, such arcade sidekicks, brilliant. Go get it. Yep. Anyway, how to play Radical Radial. It's a kind of cross between a vertically scrolling shooter and bump and jump. Remember mm. that bump and jump game? One of the those things is... is good. The game is split into three endlessly repeating levels. Level one, stage one, race up a blue spotty track. Smooth, no, hang on, race up a blue spotty and black. What have I written there, Vic? I don't know. Jumping over rocks, collecting 300 point bonuses and shooting birdie fly things. You can speed up the screen and you can speed up the screen scroll, actually, by pushing it up. Yeah. And return to normal by pulling it back or leaving the stick so it returns to normal itself. Like how the Moon Patrol buggy works. Yeah. If you push that forward and let go, it just goes back to a certain speed. Yeah, it slows down of its own accord. That's what I meant. I, I could have done that in one sentence, couldn't I, instead of all that guffuffle. You can't jump over the enemies in this stage, but they can be shot. Some some are for 1,000-point bonuses if you get hit in a formation. Yeah. Which brings me on to stage two. The road turns blue. It looks like sea, and the strange capsule things that are on the sea look more like boats than cars, but the flyer says it is an actual highway. Oh. Now, you can't shoot. Now, your shooting's gone, but you can jump over the cars and bounce around the screen and also jump over the dead sideways cars, an ambulance car or a police. Dead sideways cars? Yeah. They're dead. Well, you know, you know when a car's dead, don't you, because it goes sideways? Everyone knows it's all, that. It's all smashed up. It was smashed up. Smashed up. I'd say it's dead, that car. Dead. Anyway, you, you, the ambulance appears, and it's... What, to it take the dead car away? To the morgue? No, to the car not, morgue? does not give a stuff about the dead car. It's, it's hell-bent on smashing you into pieces, which Harsh. is not what an ambulance should really do. Harsh. So it comes up behind you. Any <sighs> car that it touches sort of ricochets off at light speeds. You've got to jump over them. Yeah. So and then it will shoot off the top of the screen and you're okay again for a few more seconds. After this, you get a bonus stage, which is just leaping over another one you can't shoot here. You've got to leap over some brown sludge and collect hundred point bonus squares. If you get them all yeah. at the end, you get two thousand or three thousand. And it's, I discovered as well, you sometimes you get four thousand. If you hit the sludge, your tire can skid. And you lose control of it. And if you hit the sides of the walls, and on the previous level where you get like white sludge, might be oil or water. Might be no, water. no, it's not. It's not. The sludge, Angel Delight. Yeah. Can the brown it, uh, sludge is chocolate Angel Delight. The white is sort of an off white. It's vanilla. There has been times where I was in real life, IRL, where I've spanned the car around on Angel Delight and hit the curb. Oof. Someone put Angel Delight in the middle of the road. Why would they do that? Waste. Anyway, it needs to go in a bowl. Yeah, it's quite nice, isn't it? Anyway, this is this is the, the shortest level, the bonus one. You get your bonus points at the end, and then the whole thing repeats, but harder. More birdie fly things, more rocks, more cars, more sludge. Yeah. There's a dip switch in the settings for extra life, but there's no mention of it. You can't find it anywhere, but when I've looked, you do get it at fifty thousand. Okay. And then and no more, you just get one. No more. 
tips and secrets steer shoot stuff right up gusset yeah and also push forward when jumping over large rock formations otherwise you won't make it you'll land on them yeah i i actually push forward jumping over everything yeah, i slow down a little bit to pick up the bonuses but yeah, then they're only yeah. 300 points so it's you know not that much of a yeah. bonus is it no start jumping as soon as the ambulance appears on the stage too just as he gets right near because the light speed car ricochets yeah, just out the extremely, way of them. extremely hard to predict and dodge. So do a couple of jumps until he's gone above you, cause not causing any more aggro. The game's rock layouts and bonus point squares are not random. Oh, I think it should be. The, the some of the bonus levels seem a bit random, or that they appear at random times. That mm. you get as you play it more, you, you get to know certain rock formations. So I don't know if. So you've got to be a geologist to play this as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you can... I don't know if it's putting certain rock... You know, like two screens of rocks in certain levels. Do you know what I mean? It's just like in, Blackpool rock with words in, in, written all through the middle of it. You're not helping, Vic. I'm not. You've, ter- you've turned into me. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. This is purgatory, everyone. Told you. Oh. I don't think it's completely random and i think it's sort of half random yeah okay uh, we'll leave it at that uh, uh, half random i'm not really good that's what's going on your tombstone oh, mr half, half random. random this is a, this is a proper not a random tip make sure you run almost completely over them bonus squares or you don't get them okay you've got to run right over the top of them yeah or, or you just don't get them but I, I think the collision detection is geared towards the bottom of your tire because you can just touch them on the bottom but as as you know you've got this like it's not steam what's it coming out the back of your tire like skid marks fumes (laughs) fumes same thing you can get you can sort of slow down and get sort of stuff with them fumes coming out the back with your farty tire yeah Anyway, on stage two, you can stay behind a green car, which they all look like pills, these cars. They look bizarre, don't they? They're like capsules, then. Capsules. It's a bit weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, weird. weird graphics. You can stay behind this car, and it starts spitting out stars out of its bottom. Of course it And does. you can collect five five stars maximum. Normally four, but sometimes you get five. For 500 points each! Star pooper, that's what I call it. Star pooper across the Star universe. pooper... David Bowie then. Yeah. He didn't did he sing he didn't sing about poop, did he? It was just not star, star pooper. No, definitely not. No. no. Oh well. He would have would have been number one that. Anyway, you are awarded bonus points for how much time you have remaining at the end of the stage. So if you speed up, you get more points. Mm-hmm. Of course. But obviously, if you speed up too much, you, you lose control and you can run into stuff and that. During the shooting level, try to stay in the middle of the screen as much as possible, altering your speed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You seem to get most of the bad guys as you cross your path. Guys, they cross your path that way. They're easy to the shoot. Most, the most deadly space beak on stage one, as it loops, is the green get. Oh. He hovers around and you have to alter your speed to dodge him before he sideswipes you. The cheating get. Oof. And he becomes more harder to deal with as the game progresses. It gets faster and faster. More harder. More harder. Good English. Much harder. More harder. Oh, uh, uh, uh. 
<laughs> Sometimes you don't get the bonus point squares and speeding up over them. It's just in certain places. Speed up over 300 and you don't get it. Hmm. That is to challenge you further to get more points. Or a bug. A bug, yeah. Graphics and sound, I think they are poor. A little bit of mediocre music every now and then. Mediocre sound effects. Graphics are just bizarre. Janky. I think they're about janky. Yeah, janky is like a good explanation for it. We do like janky, though, sometimes. Sometimes. I think they were going for a futuristic look with the sides of the roads and the play area and the capsule cars. So there's hardly any animation in anything, and it looks weird. I, yeah. I like the tire. The tire looks all right. It's quite a cute. I didn't know it was a tire for ages. I thought it was some sort of weird speedboat or something. Uh, a space speedboat or something. I don't know. If you looked at the marquee, you would have seen it was a tire. Right. I haven't, have paid, mu- I haven't paid much attention to this game because <laughs> it was incredibly mediocre. It, mm. Someone, I think Alex said to me, I think it was Alex, he said it looks like Swimmer, but with a lot less charm. Because Swimmer, sort of, you go up the screen and you, you know, diving under stuff and, you know, avoiding things. And then the best thing about Swimmer is when you get to the end of the level, there's a massive crab. Who doesn't like a mm. massive crab in a game? They are quite appealing. Awesome. Massive crab, tiny eyes. <laughs> Giving yeah. it all that. Giving it all that. With his claws. With his claws. Coming at you. Come out, you, you slag. You yeah. want some? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at my <laughs> claw. And Mike, how many claws have they got? That four? <laughs> Two. Two? What's them back bits? They're just legs. Yeah. So, has it got... Does it walk <laughs> on its claws? <laughs> oh, Sean. Have you ever seen a crab before? No, for a long time. Only in games. And they're always weird. Do you not have crab neighbours? No. You don't live in an area of town where there's a, a large contingency of crabs? <laughs> buffaloes. Obviously. Neighbours are buffaloes. Very noisy. <laughs> with hooves. Right. We've gone surreal. We've gone into the world of the surreal. What is wrong with us? Oh, I don't anyway. anyway, the kit. I like the marquee. There's okay. more character in that marquee. I will put the, the marquee on the show notes for them to look at. Yeah, I've used I used most of the marquee for the podcast picture. Cool. Not being lazy, just because it was cool. Hmm. Right, trivia. This is interesting. According to Todd Tucker of TNT Amusements on Tinterwebs, yeah, this can be ver- this game can be reconverted into a horizontal shoot 'em up called Skelegon oh. or. SF-X, depending on what territory, by changing a few wires around the back. Oh, there's a YouTube video on this. I shall look at this. That's interesting. Yeah, he does does it. And it it changes into like a decent-looking horizontal shooting. I I suppose that's why... A few wires? Yeah. Not a wrong swap? I might have got that wrong. I think you got that wrong. No, he didn't. Go watch the video. I think it is... I don't think you have to swap any ROMs. So, do you think this game was one of those um, like twin games? You've got two games, and then you just swap a dip switch or something to swap it over to another set of ROMs. Yeah, it could be. I'm going to yeah. look into that. That's interesting. Ooh, that is the most interesting thing about this game: the fact That's is, you can turn it into a better game. I think I couldn't find Skelegon. I could find SFX. I think, I think I've, I've heard got... of SFX. I've never heard of Skelegon. I like the name think... Skelegon. I think it's a clone, so it's turned off in the Skelagon. That sounds like some sort of um, drain cleaner. Yeah. Do you have 
messed up drains, you skeleton. And you have skeletons in your drains? You skeleton. He's here, now he's gone. Skeleton. Hey, that's Beat good, skeletons right? fast. <laughs> yeah. Skellingtons, sorry. Uh, this is a great episode, this. Right, the only available flyer, this is weird, features different graphics and different level three by the look of it. Oh, I like those. So the graphic, things like that. The graphics look, it's probably a prototype or something. The graphics look actually more like a car on level two. They don't oh, look like okay. space capsules. Right. And there's some weird, some weird balloon thing on level three, like a docking kind of thing. Because we got this with our last game as well, didn't we? Mouser, on the Mouser flyer, there's levels on there and descriptions of the levels that weren't in the game. And I'd love to see that version of it, if we can ever find that version of it. Brilliant. Yeah. Let's do, oh my God, there's loads of scores here. People have, oh my good, good Lord, people have been playing it. Right, have you got my score in there, son? I did send it to you. I have. Nice one, I can't remember. Oh, there it is, I can't remember which I got. So, at the very bottom of the heap, Rob McGrath, 7,950. Vigilante, or as he's known now, Virgil's Ante, 10,220. One punch, Rob, that's all he needs, 12,250. And he says, I was on board with the first level, then the second level came, just no. Can we have Chelnov yet? Mm, no. Chelnov does a good somersault, bless him. Yeah, but he's janky. He does a good somersault, that lad. Exploding Pinball Man, 12,450. Swiss Liss, 13,4. Salbug. We got a new puppy just before Christmas, so my arcade gameplay time has been quite limited. I only had one or two players of Radical Radio, but enjoyed it. So I'll be spending more time on this one in future. Thanks, Sal. It's good. I told you. And he got 25,450. Kitty Ping, 29,700. Mark, what no gravy, 29,750. Got this pitiful score for the first weekend after the last podcast. Then I started playing Pandora's Palace. Now, that's a good game. That is a good game. You chose that one yonks ago. I like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trollnads way down the list, 30,800. First quick look at this when I was announced, when it was announced, I thought, I'm not bothering with this one. However, I had a quick go on the last day at lunch, and I wish I'd given it some time. It seems better than first thought, a token entry from me. So he, he was going to play it. Thought it looked rubbish. Wished he had play it. There you go. Yeah. That's that's a tale for everyone, kids. Brian Haribo, thirty-one eight hundred. I think I remember typing this game in from a listing from a magazine on my Dragon Thirty Two. It's about right, isn't it? Uh, buttons from Cinderella. Who? Thirty-four thousand four fifty. Buttons, but we he's from Cinderella. Oh, you've been on here, have you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mister Dano, Dano. 36,750 points. Uh, Jeremy Riley, 37,400. You've got to sing his name. You've got to sing it every time you say it. Okay. Groove Furnishings, LLC. Do you know what LLC means? Limited Liability Company. So he is limited his liability for this score. Which Sean, is, Sean yeah. I need to get to bed. Please hurry up with the score. <laughs> This is 40,750 that he got. Majok, 41,750. Drumsy, 48,250. Me, 50,300. And this is... Because I actually played it. It was... Mm, Meh. Let me, let, me just, let me just work up to a... Mm, <laughs> 
Neil 20 to 5, 56,000. I thought I might like this one. Certainly reminiscent of a game I would have bought for one ninety nine in Wolves and played loads of it on, a, on an early home computer. But it just feels a little constricted and unfair in those non-shooting rounds. Time is precious. This is not. Yeah, he's, Very he's hit the nail right on the head. This is basically a Mastertronic game. They would have called it something like Radi- Radial Radicals or something. Slightly change the name and basically rip mm. it off. Yeah, jumping tires. Jumping tire game. <laughs> Ross Ross, fifty nine thousand. Really wanted to play more of this, but I had the daughter's nursery homework to complete. Oh, these these homeschooling people. I feel yeah. for you. It's hard work. Keep going, lads. I know a couple of them enjoyed that. What little I did play. Shooty, racy, jumpy, fun. And the reason why he couldn't play is because Ross Ross couldn't do the homework. He had to have. He had to get on the internet and find out what it was. Poor lad. You know, there was, there was a point where I used to tell my lad how to sort of sort out computer problems and stuff and Uh-oh. little technical bits. And now I got to about when he was about 17, 18, he's sort of way over my head. Yeah, he's now. flown past you now, hasn't he? The coding he does, he's just like, looks like a weird alien language. He's basically anyway, a cyborg, isn't he, your lad? He is. Bill Wellham. 63,000. I thought at first, at, there, at first I thought this game is quite good, but now I say it's just okay. Yeah. Maybe quite original at the time, but lacking in depth. Not a game I rush back to. I'm, I agree with that. I'm still playing Mouser. Yes. That too. Yes. Ed Horse and all his wild, wild horses. 63,900 points. Tactical Giles, 7,500. Here's Jimmy, 71,100. Old Man Steve, 73,750. Mark Happy Dude, 78,700. Well, this is a radical improvement over Mouser. One downside, a sounds this is one for volume set to low. Mark Happy Dude is wrong. Not an improvement over Mouser. No. Nothing. <laughs> Just a minute, let's laugh at him for a bit. Ha <laughs> 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 Matthew Bridge, 80,400. Nintendo Arcade, that's our Alex, that is 83,700. Well done, son. Thanks for playing, Alex. Ate your arms better. I'm yes, he is getting better. It is good. I'm not. They're I turning him into a robot, you know. He's got a big metal plate in it now with a gun on the side. Oh, Some of that useful. sentence may be made up. That's useful, though. Hmm. Mr. PGIDZ. 85,750. Mr. Messi, 89,700. Jay Ping, 92,900. I quite like this, but it could do more variety in the levels. Shooty bits are way better than the driving bits. Crazy ambulance driver is a maniac. Pilbo, 101,150. The first person to get over 100,000. Mr. Berserker, 124,550. Getting into the groove on radical radial. Uh, Zestora, 128,550. Right, we're getting good scores here. We're getting to the good scores. Sol, 131,950. An unexpected improvement is put. Ed Horse was my Twitch stream lucky mascot cheering me on. This is my last submission, sadly. No time tomorrow, but pretty decent game through, though, on the whole. Watch out for meatballs. Well, yeah, everyone should be careful of meatballs. Yeah. I've not had meatballs for years. Get down Ikea, son. They do a good one there. G.J. Harris, our gas. 132,750. Try as I might, cannot get any further than this score. I've heard that Sean Holly got world record on Mouser. That's because he cheats. He plays in a lady's tenor, eats crab apples, and has some sort of bush on his mush. He's a right wrong one. 
if anyone can work out what Gary was saying there, please write <laughs> into the podcast because he's off his napper, that lad. <laughs> off his napper! Silly Steve. Silly Steve. Good to hear from you again, mate. 173,000. Hope you had a nice Christmas trying to get trying to get more in, involved in the podcasts. I can usually tell if Vicky's going to like or hate a game, but I'm generally torn on this one. I actually think it's quite charming, like an old C64 game. Nice and fast, with responsive controls and heartwarming tunes, in my opinion. He likes it. Mm. ZX Michael, 182,750. He got this score on Space Tire. That's what he's calling it. My Raspberry Pi image became unreadable twice playing this. Never had any trouble with it before, so that's my last go. It's okay. Could do with more variety. Kept expecting something different enemies or something different at each new stage, but it never happened. And you, you know, Mr. Mr. Holly? Mr. Berserker sent me a message saying his Raspberry Pi is messed up. Oh. I wonder if it's something to do with this game. Uh-oh. And it was your cho- your choice as well, so you're going to get the blame for this, mate. I would have run mess up a Raspberry Pi there. It might just be coincidence. Or you've cursed it. Curse of the Radical Radio. Mm. That could be a really weird horror film. Anyway. You, sir, you got 190,200 points. And, and Mr. Rygar R got less than you. Got 100 points less than you. No more. Oh, sorry. 192,100. Yeah. He's just put that score in today. and Ooh, I tried, bugger. Tried to beat it with an hour to go, but I couldn't beat it. Right. This next one's quite a, a revelation, isn't it? Yeah. This is Bill Wellham's lad, Lewis uh, Wellham. He got 242,200 points. I've just sat and watched my lad smash his way into level 9 of Radical Radio. Now, Lewis says, I listen to the podcast a lot with my dad, but this is my first score entry. I like the game because I could beat my dad. The game does repeat itself a lot. I always lose lives up between 170,000 and 180,000. My tactic is full speed down the middle as much as I can. Just a minute. I don't know how old Lewis is, but well done, sir. You got a really good score there. 242,200 points. Massive. 11. It's 11. 11. Wow. Well it might done. be Louis. Do you reckon it's Louis or Lewis? I don't know. I'm sure they'll correct us soon. He's flipping good at this game, though. I know that for a fact. Well done. That's amazing. He was He's second got as well. The youngest lad to ever be the first behind, Charlie Farr, in the score championship. He might get a T-shirt at the end of the year if he keeps this up. Yeah, Charlie <laughs> Farr has only just beat him though, two fifty-seven nine fifty. Wow. He's, he's called it bump and jump, bump and jump with guns. Radical radish. His review is unradical. Well yeah. played, Charlie Farr. Yeah, I agree with his review as well. Actually, so was there any ports and sequels? I, I wouldn't have thought so. Let me have a look. It's in the notes, but I wrote them yesterday, so obviously I've forgotten. Available on the Switch and PS4 as part of their Arcade Archive series. Do you know what? When I look on the Switch store every now and again, the online store, every now and again, it's got the same little logo, this Arcade Arcade Archive. You can see it a mile away. And they have the most obscure games on there. Mm. I look at them and think, I've never even heard of that game. Why is it? Maybe it's big in Japan, I don't know. But the ja- the Japanese, and the European, and the American, and God knows where else, stores do sell different games from different developers. They're not all the same. And I think you can trick your Switch into thinking you're in Japan and America and, so, and you can go on their stores. But this is a... Why? No one's ever heard of it. That's probably why we're doing it as well, because it's a bit unheard of. 
But it's just what? What? Huh? Yeah, yeah it must be. It's got to be due to do with licensing in it. So I think Maybe. City Connection was on them as well, weren't it? Weren't they? And that is and a that... bit of an obscure game, isn't it? And terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very good, but Oof, no, no, no. <sighs> anyway, my changes of improvements to this game would be real random rock layouts, making it more interesting. Mm-hmm. More than one extra life, better graphics, more levels, tighten up collision detection on bonus icons, so you just have to touch them at the top, your front of your car can just touch them. End of level bosses would be good, because you've got shooting. Like a big crab. Yeah, end of level bosses featuring crabs and other sea mollusks. Mm. It's it's like I've put to summarise. Whoa, I'm going to have some changes and improvements, even though I played this game twice. Can I just say this last sentence for me? Go on, man. It's like a germ of an idea which could have been expanded into something really special. But didn't. I reckon the best change or improvement to this game is you go in the back of the cabinet like Todd Tucky did, you move a few of them wires around and make it a totally different game, which is probably better. <laughs> this game reminded me of... Is it River Raid? There's an Orca yeah. game um, in the arcade. It's quite an obscure game. I think you are in a boat in it, and you just go into the oh, river. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, it does look a little bit like um, Swimmer, but not anywhere near as good. It's just a bit mm. dull and a bit janky and a bit meh. I never saw this in the arcade as a kid either. Never saw this one. Never even heard of it until you mentioned it. Annoy! Enjoy! Well, I can't, <laughs> I can't say it annoyed me. And I can't say I enjoyed it. So we'll just leave it at Anjoy. En- annoyed. One of them, <laughs> sort of. I uh, don't care. River Patrol was all. River Patrol. Game. That's the one I'm on about. Yeah, River Patrol, not River. River Raid was in the 2600, wasn't it? I think people from Orca actually went to found Toa Plan. You know, I think that's what I remember rightly. Really? Yeah, Orca. Mm. I think they got hold of some better hardware, didn't they? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I I did kind of enjoy it. It's it's quite it's got a playable kind of feel to it. It's got a nice feel to it. But you know, if you put, you've got so these jelly weird... though. Yeah, that's mm, it. I had I jelly the other night. Oh, Did you? Yeah, I love I've jelly. Had jelly for years. That's what I, that's what I said. And wife got me some jellies, some Hartley's raspberry jellies. So what I need to have is jelly and meatballs. There's a combination. So I've not had them for years. Shall we get on to what we're going to do next month? Yeah, I'm, I've just said it's, it's playable if you switch off your brain, but forgettable. I did, I did kind of enjoy it. Enjoy what? Oh, sorry, I have forgotten about this game already. It was just <laughs> really, really mediocre. And a few, few of the listeners have said it could have appeared on a Commodore sixty four or in a write-in basic program. Yeah, I think the game would be better if they missed out the silly non-shooty level just had a great big long. Shooty level when you're jumping over and avoiding rocks and shooting stuff, it'd be fine. Yeah, that'd have just done, wouldn't it? As a normal game. Next show's game. So it's my pick for the next one, Sean, and it's it's actually all Merazzi, our all, sent me this on a message saying, "Have you seen this game before?" And I haven't, and it looks pretty good. So I'm going to pick it, and if it's terrible, it's his fault. <laughs> 
Oh, you can yeah, can swerve the blame. Yeah, Ooh, sideswipe. The game is called Treasure. I let me do it properly. Treasure Island, <laughs> and it's by Data Risk. It's on the Deco cassette system. Uh, the ROM is C T I S L A N D. So cassette C T Island C T Island. Lives three, no difficulty settings, and extra lives at fifteen thousand points. You can submit your score. Uh, the deadline for the score is the sixteenth of February, and it is you can email the site at vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk or Twitter as hash hashtag ten p score or Facebook as a comment on the podcast. Uh, Sidekick app, uh, UK VAC, and other ways where you can beam your thoughts into our heads. So get on and play that one. It's you have to play this game a little bit like Cuba. So put your joystick in four-way mode and turn it 45 degrees to the side. It's a little bit like a Congo Bongo type of Cuba type of controlled game. So do that, kids, and we will talk to you in four weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Uh, go and play some arcade games. Thanks for listening, kids. Sorry about that. We shall see you next time. Oh, yeah. Apologies for everything we've just said. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> See you next time, kids. Bye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.